0: And some adjective to be named later The, the Homest Army proudly presents Trek Quest 5 A conglomerate podcast Of science fiction, politics, humor and, and pretty much whatever else They want to talk about Your hosts for Trek West 5 Are Joey and Peter I
1: wanna play In will tell boo rain will fall that grain Good evening and welcome to Podcast 176. I am Peter. And I am Joey. Uh, ooh, welcome back. Another week off, another week on, another week off. Next week, yep. uh, wow, it's just the, the leapfrog <laughs> seasons of uh, Battlestar Galactica and uh, Trek West 5 now. Um, welcome back, everyone. As you can tell, I've become a man. <laughs> I'm much more manly than I used to be. See, now you probably could do a Johnny Cash. Now I could do a Johnny Cash? Yeah, uh,
2: I guess you, you you don't have the advantage every week that I do of listening to us recording our intros as I pick which intro I want to use, and in there is a moment where I say, all right, do one that's Johnny Cash, and you said, I don't um, have a
1: Johnny Cash. <laughs> I wouldn't. I couldn't tell you... Any of his songs, unfortunately. There's a boy named Sue. Is that one of his? Yeah, that's
2: one of his. I don't
1: know any of the songs, though. Like, I couldn't sing Mm it to what I I think I know of Johnny Cash. So maybe I've got the voice down, but I don't have any of his songs. It would be doing a disrespect to Mr. 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 Cash.
2: You're you're willing to. Give well, Mr. Cash his due respect.
1: He's he's I, he's well known. He's a guy yeah. who's put in his due. He, he's a great singer, so I, I I don't want to disrespect a man that's dead.
2: Not a, not a man in black kind of guy, though, huh?
1: Uh, Well, the first movie was pretty good, but the other two, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think much of them. I, I don't know what that reference was. Men in Black? Oh, Men in Black. Okay. Yes. Okay, so, anyway, welcome back, everyone. Um, This is a Saturday recording. Um, I guess things are a little too hectic for me on Friday. I actually went to a murder mystery dinner. How was that? It was fun. I had a a blast. Um, Thankfully, there were people there that I knew that, like, whenever I get with them, it's hilarity. I don't know how or why. It's just that's what happens with with this grouping of people. Um, So... Aside from that, like the fun and exhilaration of, you know, having a story sure. unfold and finding out was was also fun. And then so. did they do like dishes to go with the different phases no, of the game? No. Okay. It was just one dinner and everybody sits around and, you know, you read part of the story and then you act out portions of it as the character that you are. Was this one of the box set ones? It was it okay. was from a box, yeah. Yeah. I have several of those.
2: Uh I when I was in high school I used to host them and I, they and they the ones that I buy, they actually recommend a dish to go with each phase of the game. Sure. I would do that, you know, the four course meals the with the four phases of the game.
1: Yeah, there there no no meal coursing. It was just like, Hey, we're all gonna sit around and eat and watch this story okay. unfold as we Did you figure out ran. who the murderer was? Um no the the at the end the guess I had was the wrong person okay. um and thankfully nobody guessed who it was so nobody was right everybody was wrong okay it was fun I would do it again um and uh, yeah lo- loads of fun um okay we've got a couple of emails I wanted to start off with uh, some people sent in and said hey guys um oh this is John Line Decker okay. He says, hey, guys, I'm happy to see you recording again. I look forward to listening to the podcast. I hope Joey doesn't go insane throughout the last season, though. Um, uh, (laughs) Throughout the last season, though, it might make for some great podcasts. (laughs) Well, thank you, John. I appreciate that. At least one person wants me to keep my sanity. (laughs) Um, uh, I am enjoying the first snowfall of the season in Denver. Um, as I think you might be too. Take care, of John. Um, I didn't realize John, you were in Denver, or at least if I did, I didn't remember. Um, and we haven't had the snow yet. We had some on Thursday night. Not for it me didn't, anyway. It didn't did, stick. You, did it hit in Provo?
2: It hit at the Rice Stadium as we were coming out of the game. It was snowing on us, but I mean, it was hitting the ground and immediately
1: melting. Yeah, so no stickage. Um, I didn't. I guess I didn't look out my window. So, as far as I'm concerned, it still hasn't snowed uh, here for me yet. <laughs> but for Joey, it has. Yep. Welcome to winter. Um, yeah, so, John, thanks very much. Uh, kind of you to say. Um, let's see here. A couple of others. Um, ooh. Listener Fishhead said, I never sent this email clear back in August after you reviewed the episode Cylon Resurrection. Regarding number three, Xenolon. Her Death and Resurrection, I am reminded of Orson Scott Card's short story, A Thousand Deaths. Have either of you read it? No. No. I haven't either. Never even heard of it. Let's check it out. I don't pay attention to books that much anymore since I quit working at a bookstore nine years ago. Um, so I don't know. I've never really been much of a short story kind of guy either. I'm more of the long form
2: fiction. Mm. Uh, it, it takes me a while to invest in the characters, and usually in
1: a short story, by the time I'm investing in the character, the story's done. So I see, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think I probably appreciate the shorter story. If a, if I'm gonna do a long story, it had better damn well be good, <laughs> and it had better dang well pay off, because otherwise, I'm just gonna be pissed. Yeah. Um and uh a couple of forays that I've done into them. I think I'm mixed bag right now, fifty fifty, where I've hit the the good the sweet stuff. Um let's see here. No, I don't want to read that one yet. We'll read that one in a minute. Um Okay. Anything, Joey, you want to bring up? Nope. Any Okay. Let's do Facebook Find of the Week. As I mentioned, two weeks ago. Don't anybody bother to submit anything, because the winner for Facebook Find of the Week is going to go to Listener Fishhead for Bat Dad, (laughs) which was hilarious. I didn't see it. How can you go back two weeks ago, Okay, find that it is amazing. This guy is just fantastic what he does. I won't say anything more than that, but it was brilliant. Fish had great find, and to whoever that man is, you were superb. And let's not to say some good stuff wasn't posted up this week. Um, I'm just saying it was that freaking amazing. It may even win next time we report as well. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, no email from Brainy. Um, okay. I think we probably sprung this on him a little too late um, since I only sent it out on Friday. Uh, should we do the top five? Let's do the top five. All right, so top five is um, places to visit. Um, and this is again a submission that was sent in by Fishhead. Uh, I want to read Mark's email first. Okay. He's got a few things to say and then he hits his list. He says, Whoa, I'm shocked and surprised that you are recording this weekend. I thought that the, by the way things were described last podcast, that you would have surely ended the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so not a, not a reference to conference weekend for Joey and I. Um, it's almost to be expected having to work with Joey. Um, it's almost to be expected having to work with Joey would drive anyone away. <laughs> I hope that your work is settling down and you are not so busy. No, that's not the case. Yeah, it's going the opposite direction. (laughs) Perhaps you both should learn some meditation techniques. Uh, And then he quotes from uh, Seinfeld, uh, Serenity Now, um, which you probably won't have any clue what that is, but I giggled when I read it. No
2: frame of reference.
1: Serenity Now. He continues, if I may, I have a mini culture corner to share. Yeah, The movie, The Way, Way Back. After watching all the sci-fi high-tech special effects 3D movies this summer, The Way Way Back was a pleasant surprise. It had humor. I thought Allison Janney was a riot. But I really liked the story of a shy 14-year-old learning how to stand up for himself. It brought back memories from my childhood. Also, it was interesting to see Steve Carell as a really despicable character. He really nails it. This is a great film that will probably be one of my favorites this year. I, I don't think I even heard of this. I, movie. I
2: haven't heard of it. That's for
1: sure. So um, thanks for the suggestion. But, you know, Steve Carell and Alison Janney. I, I'm I'm in. Yeah, that could be that could be a good combo. His top five places to visit: any island in the Caribbean. Number four: London, England. Number three, Dubai. Mm. I'd like to check out the world's tallest building. Number two, New Zealand. Number one, Perth, Australia. Um, so, good list here. Um, yeah, I can't read any more of what he wrote there. <laughs> um, let's jump over to listener Fishhead, who sent in his list. Honorable mentions international.
2: (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) I didn't realize he was such a world hopper. Eiffel Tower um, slash the Louvre, Paris, France. Um, Florence, Rome, Italy. Constantinople, Turkey. New Zealand. Honorable mentions domestic. (laughs) Glacier National Park, Montana, Hawaii, Yosemite slash Sequoia slash. Redwood National Parks, California, <laughs> which I just want to mention, they're not exactly right next to I each <laughs> other, really not next Might to each other. Might as well throw other.
2: big trees in there.
1: <laughs> and California is quite a big state, so um, I guess we'll just say national parks in California are a great place to go. Um, I've been to all of those parks, by the way. Um, I don't you think can... I've been to Sequoia. Sequoia National Park? Yeah, I've been to Yellow... Yellow sequoia Park. National Park has the <laughs> distinction of having, I think it's like one of the tallest or oldest... No, it can't be the oldest tree. One of the tallest trees um, in the world. Okay. They're massive. Absolutely. The Sequoia Big are Trees. Huge. Which is yeah, Big cool. Trees is very cool. Uh, those are more pine uh, type trees. Uh, sequoia is also probably a pine, but like Big Trees is more the traditional right. pine tree kind of thing. Um yeah, uh, Sequoia National Park. Very very nice. Very nice. Um Palmyra, New York, slash Nauvoo, Illinois. Again, nowhere near each other. <laughs> Several states in between on this one, but I know why he's including this yes. one. It's uh it's church related for, LDS church for history. Us. Yeah. Um so his last honorable mention domestic, <laughs> Washington, DC. Wow. <laughs> Okay. Here are my top four international in no particular order. Why not move one of the honorable mentions up and have a top five? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Because he doesn't have a, a top four um, domestic. Okay. So this is it. This is his <laughs> list. Um, number four, Angkor Wat, Cambodia which is there's some really cool sculpture stuff that yeah, was that's done that's the that's the big army of clay guys right that uh no the i believe that's china oh okay um this is there's this massive temple like pyramidish okay, okay. style okay. temple that goes up then there's uh, uh i believe um sculptures of buddhas like into the sides of mountains and whatnot um n- number f- <laughs> what <laughs> this seems um no that was on the last list sorry um number four london england or sorry that's probably number three london england number two mayan ruins Tikal, palenque mm. etc uh in guatemala and the last one valley of the kings egypt wow so that's quite the exhaustive list that yeah. you've put together there um it's weird Mine's that he wouldn't include near, anywhere near that exhaustive. Yeah, me, mine either. Um it's weird that he didn't bother to include a domestic.
2: Yeah, top five domestic.
1: Yeah, so I'm wondering if he just forgot, and maybe he's saving that for <laughs> a
2: future list. Let's <laughs>
1: <laughs> <don't> see how. <laughs> I,
2: I really don't. Well, he, see how. he basically gets to dictate what our list is at this
1: point. For, so. for the most, for, yeah, it's true. For the most part, he really does. Um, thankfully, to to uh, to fishhead for that. Um, okay, we've got our list now. Um, okay. Who do you want to go first? I can Joey? go ahead and go first. You want to go first? Voice break there.
2: Uh, so my, my two honorable mentions are the past, the past. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't list it as one of my top five because I haven't ever
1: actually been able to visit it, but you know, it'd be pretty cool. Well, see. Here's, I think you may have pigeonholed yourself here because my list does not include places I've actually been.
2: Yeah. I, I, I restricted myself to places I've been because I don't know if they would be good until I've actually been there. Okay. Uh, so my uh, my second honorable mention is nature, <laughs> just nature. in general. <laughs> it's a great place to visit. Wouldn't want to live
1: there. <laughs> Surprise that made your list at all. I would think you would want to shun nature at oh, every no, cost. Oh no,
2: I I actually enjoy camping out and things like that. It's just nice to be able to come back and get oh, back well, on that's the that's right. Internet.
1: As a Republican, you enjoy looking for ways to you know um, inflict yourself upon nature or to use its resources <laughs> for your own gain. <laughs>
2: Uh, okay, so my number five is the Smithsonian. Mm. Uh, love this this branch of museums and, and research institutes, and they even have a zoo. Uh, very interesting thing about the Smithsonian is it actually was founded by money from a British scientist mm. donated to the United States. William Smithsonian. No. no. His name was no. Smithson. Uh, oh, I can't remember. I think it was dang. James Smithson. But uh, they, they went to go get the money. And they brought it back literally in sacks of gold coins. Nice. <laughs> That's classy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number four is New York City. Uh, I've been there twice. It was always – I enjoyed it. I, I walk around the streets there and I'm like, you know what? This is how people should walk down the street everywhere. It was great to move in a crowd of people where I could tell where everyone was going to go and I could plan my path accordingly. And there was none of this stopping and starting anyway. I really enjoy walking the streets of New York in broad daylight. Not so sure I'd enjoy it at nighttime. Uh, my number three is the National Mall. So this is the there in Washington, D.C., uh, where the Lincoln and Washington Memorials are and, and the Roosevelt Memorial. There's, there's a lot right there uh, in that National Mall area. Mm-hmm. Number two is Dublin, Ireland. Really enjoyed my time there, which hadn't been during the pork scare. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe I missed out on some excellent food, but I still had a lot of fun spending some time in Ireland, going around and seeing the the pieces of castles and things like that that were still left. And my number one is the Library of Congress. This is like a temple to books. I've every mm-hmm. time I've gone back to DC, never made it to the White House, never made it to the Capitol building. But I've been to the Library of Congress like six times. Sure. I, I go to the Library of Congress and I get sucked in there and I never make it out to go see any of
1: the other stuff. So uh, that's, that's my list. Okay. So my list is not pigeonholed into places I've been. These are some places I've been but are also places I would actually like to go. Um, so uh, I guess it's no particular order but uh, we'll start off with the pyramids. Um, there in Egypt, I I think that would be – I was fascinated as a kid. I would love to go. Unfortunately, I don't think I'd get to be able to enjoy it the way I want to, which is to shut it down, kick everybody out, and then just let me go exploring and traipsing around wherever I want. I don't think that's an option. Um, the next one would probably be um, – I'm going to say Yosemite, California. Okay been there several times it is absolutely gorgeous it's you know some of the most scenic places to see around I have been to um, um, uh, Yellowstone I actually prefer Yosemite okay um, even though Yellowstone is far bigger yeah. and there is a lot more going on there I think that Yosemite is just scenically more appealing uh, appealing yeah good good choice of words so thank you um, the next one would be Machu Picchu Okay, uh, which are up in the Andes. Is that the correct mountain yes, range down there um, in Peru? Um, it's I, I just love the idea that somehow all of these people built these civilizations way the freak up in the mountains, <laughs> and how you know it's still existing today. And you know I think that it's the the Inca civilization uh, that lived there. I would love to go and see it. Um, although I think I would need a Sherpa to carry me up, um, because <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they have Sherpas in Machu Picchu. Now, <laughs> all right, just get a donkey then. Um, the next one is the Holy Land. I'd really love to go there uh, for religious reasons. Um, you know, obviously being a Christian um, and the you know the Jewish background that that Christianity does come from. Um, there would be a ton for me to to want to be able to see. So. Uh, yeah, I really would look forward to, to going there. Not sure I'll ever get there in my life. If I can, great. Um, if not, I guess picture books are just as good. <laughs> um, and then the last one is probably my favorite, with the, which is Perth, Scotland, not Perth, Australia. Um, i It's where I served uh, my mission when I was there in Scotland. Um, I, uh, there's really only probably like a couple of scenic places there um, but it, it just beholds, you know, a lot of fond memories in my heart from, sure. from things that, uh, that went on. Um, and there is this one place, I'll tell you the one place, Canole Hill looks out over this massive, uh, valley, um, and, uh, the river Tay that feeds out into Dundee, uh, Harbor and whatnot. It is gorgeous. I, I love it. So that's my list. Five favorite places. Um so Joey, this uh since we no no brainy. Yep. We'll go straight into the culture corner for you.
2: Okay. The uh the topic of the culture corner this week is the Warren Ellis novel Gun Machine. Uh this is a,
1: a slightly Is he the brother of Wyatt Ellis? I don't know. I don't know Wyatt Ellis. Oh. That's uh, a character from uh uh Atlas Shrugged. Oh. Ellis Wyatt? Yeah, one of those two. <laughs> we all we all say last names first, right? <laughs> sure. Smith Joey. <laughs> <laughs> you really had me confused there, man. Well, clearly I confused myself.
2: <laughs> so uh, Warren Ellis is the creator of the um, Global Frequency comic book series that was turned into a, or almost turned into a TV show. I've raved about it before, the pilot that you can find on the internet. Uh, anyway, I, I really like this guy's writer. He also did, uh, a few years back, he did a mini-series called G.I. Joe Retribution, and it was G.I. Joe for grown-ups. Mm-hmm. So it was the the artwork and animation were wonderfully done, but there was blood, there was killing, there was, yeah, you know... Yeah, pe-
1: people died. Yes.
2: And Snake Eyes dismembered people. It and was it was amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I I really like this guy as a writer, and I I generally try to pick up anything I find that he's done. I'd put him right up there with uh, Neil Gaiman as far as mm. my respect for him as a writer. Uh, anyway, so the the topic of this book it's set in the near future or you know a potential future. I don't think they ever mention exactly what the time is, but you can see how the technology that's there, you know, it's kind of we're we're kind of close to it, so it's not. Real science, hard science fiction. It's not stretching believability at any point. The premise is that this these two cops they they find well one of the cops gets killed and the bullets that missed his partner punt so the the main character his partner dies you know there's there's holes in the wall from the bullets and he looks in one of the holes in the wall and he sees this room completely full of guns. It's just got. Every kind of gun you could ever imagine lining the walls, lining the floor, just decorating the entire uh, apartment complex. So they end up you know, investigating and they find out that each one of these guns was used in an unsolved murder. And these murders were not believed to have been connected, but now obviously they think they are connected. And so the the investigation begins and the manhunt begins for this guy who's killed all these people with these thousands of guns. I don't want to say much more about it than that because it is kind of a you know it's a detective novel. There's a fun little investigative mystery going on,
1: but uh, I really enjoyed the book. Give it a thumb up. Hmm. Fantastic. Um, yeah, from I mean that sounds interesting, especially when you mention you know he's the guy who did that GI Joe um, retribution uh, a little mini cartoon. Um, I I might be willing to trust someone, you know, who who I've I've already seen do some amazing stuff. Um so maybe you maybe you should suggest it to me next time I'm looking for a book to read, okay. which should be in about 2 years uh when we're done with our Wheel of Time reread. Um so, so yeah. Um thanks for sharing that one. Um Oh, I guess we have nothing else to uh, to talk about. Yeah. Moving on to episodes, we are going to cover episodes 19 through 20 of Battlestar Galactica Season 3, and we'll start with episode 19, Crossroads Part 1. While Baltar's trial
2: finally begins in earnest, the fleet discovers the Cylons are still chasing them.
1: Mmm. Mmm. Okay, so uh, we didn't announce this at the beginning, uh, but... The uh, plan was always to actually have Curtis join us, because uh, he and I talked like months ago, and he was like, dude, I really want to be there to watch Joey watch some episodes. <laughs> and, uh, and these tonight are, are uh, some of the, the ones that he had said he wanted to do. So Curtis, welcome back Thank you. Uh, to the podcast. Um, and to, uh, to Curtis's left is uh, uh, an old friend of the podcast, the father, dare I say it, of the podcast, my friend John Madsen.
3: Hello!
1: (laughs) Welcome back, John. Uh, It's good to have you back here. Um, So, let's go ahead and and jump into the episode. Can I just
2: say, if if this is really going to be a giggle fest between the two of you,
1: with everything that happens on the screen, this is going to be a long night. I contained my giggles mostly. Mostly. There were other areas that I wanted to giggle at, but didn't.
2: It seemed like you both giggled at the exact same thing. (laughs) At least
3: twice.
1: <laughs> yeah, and for good reason, I believe. Yeah, well, possibly I couldn't say. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, too good. Um, okay, so we have a return to the opera house. Well, we haven't seen this since uh, season two. Yeah, um, and this time we have it. Yeah, another. we have. Um, Was that this season
2: when they, when they were on the planet. With the Temple of the Five, and the Deanna stepped into the, the light beam, and it cooked her. She went oh, and she saw the final five okay. there in the opera house. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: okay. Good memory. Very good memory. Um, so, in the opera house, we have Six, we have Athena. Hera, we have Athena, and we have President Rosalind. And Curtis asks a question. He's like, "Hey, have we seen her here before?" And I don't think we have. No, I no, think this fair. is a a new occurrence for her and okay. for Athena. Um, Hera technically was here before. Yes, as a baby. As as a, as a baby, she's a toddler now. Um. Anyway, so it's just exciting for me to to see the the opera house again. I just I yeah. think it's a cool <laughs> metaphor. I, I I dig it. Um. So let's see here. Um. A we, metaphor for what? I Maybe <laughs> metaphor is not the right thing. It's it's absolutely not the right thing. It's just mystic. Okay. And I like that mysticism. I've mentioned that a few times. I like the mysticism.
2: I just wondered it. if maybe there's something I'm missing that I'm supposed to be picking up on the fact that it's an opera house.
1: Um, yes? Because it's a space <laughs> opera?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what it is um okay so we see the uh the next scene that i remember is we see the aide um who i never ever Tori yeah Tori i was was watching i was like oh right that's her name um she starts bullying the prosecutor and she's like now you will do this and do this and is like no this isn't strategy here this is this is just me you know doing a little courtesy call um, Feel free to get another prosecutor if you don't like the way I'm going to do things. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, guess guess she's got her own game plan there. Yeah, you actually
2: did skip a scene that I wanted to talk about a little bit. Okay. The old-timey radio
3: <laughs>
2: in the bar. <laughs> and you have Saul, to try, Colonel Ty trying to tune in a station that it seems like only he and Anders... hmm at least the, the, in the first scene, only he and Anders seem to hear. They're looking for a particular song that they are able to hear, and other people are not. Yeah, and that that theme will recur throughout this episode.
1: Yes, yep. a a drunk tie. I might point out uh, <laughs> he is drunk. But Anders true. doesn't seem drunk. Yeah, that, that's true. He Anders isn't. He's playing what's pyramid. Kind of, yeah. Well, it's the just audience. a form of basketball, really. They're they're throwing an itty bitty ball through a hole. So anyway, but my point is, Ty is drunk through the whole of this episode, and th- that was uh, a couple of times where I giggled because it's just hilarious to watch that man <laughs> cave in on himself. Yeah. And I'm I'm sorry, maybe that makes me a terrible person, but. Um, High is a terrible
3: person. Well, not so by I'm, itself,
1: but
2: <laughs> it's it's a component of what makes you a terrible. Person. <laughs> I, okay. I, th- I think that actor's
3: facial expressions are fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> they were. They were. Um, okay. So a
1: crazy lady shows up. <laughs> So apparently Baltar has become a messiah
2: figure somehow. Not quite sure how that happened. <laughs> it's the hair and the beard. He's good looking.
1: Him. <laughs> uh, plus his manifesto has yeah. been going around. Yeah, my struggle by Gaius Baltar. Yes. <laughs> um, and she believes him so much, he's like, will you bless my son, please? And he's like, okay, lady, get away from me. Uh, but head six is sort of like, you know, she sees something. In you. And I'd really like you to start seeing this yeah. in yourself. Well, as I mentioned before, I'm going to pretend that head six and head Baltar don't exist. So. <laughs> I don't remember that scene, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we have opening statements in the trial. Uh, the trial of Gaius Baltar is beginning. They don't explicitly, I guess I. Maybe it's just the the genocide of all of those people. Maybe that's what they're charging for. I just don't remember hearing an explicit. We are hereby charge you with this. Yeah, they thing. didn't they didn't
2: read the charges, but the yeah. the prosecutor does imply that she's being charged with five thousand one hundred ninety seven cases of murder. Yes, which or twelve she... percent of the total remnant of humanity. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is the more shocking way to put it. <laughs> and I can't believe that she didn't use it. She's like twelve percent of everyone that's left.
1: No. No. Well, feel free to throw no. that around. <laughs> A little, we, little hand gesture there. <laughs> <laughs> Joey hit uh, something off off camera, so to speak. Um, anyway, what I found interesting, she blames all 5,197 on Gaius, yeah. which isn't accurate because of, I wrote down, well, sort of, we killed some of them ourselves with all of the 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 killing the the her
2: contention is if Gaius had not led this exodus down to New Caprica that none of those events a, would have happened
1: agreed, yep, I see that, but that still doesn't take away from the fact that humans under the the leadership of Ty still killed other humans, okay. But
2: she she is trying to argue all of those yeah, deaths. Yeah, I, I get her argument.
1: Feet. I'm just saying I think that she's argument's right. flawed.
4: So was his trial for the billions of people on the colonies? Was that a different trial then? That hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Yeah. Okay, that's coming? Uh,
1: yeah, uh, well, Roslyn and
3: yeah, they're uh, not, Tory they're not. wanted they're not bringing to charge up. him
2: with that. The, the prosecutor refused
1: to... to. She's like, I can't prove that. I don't have evidence for that. I'm yeah, that, gonna... was, that was a drug-filled uh, little vision that Laura Roslin had of something she thought she saw when, you know, so many years ago. So probably
4: helps the trial that she doesn't bring that up then. Yeah. Yes.
1: Um, let's see here. Uh, I think this is Lampkin who says bowing to the inevitable. Yeah. In his opening statement, talking about how, look, guys didn't really have a chance here. I mean, Any one of us would have basically done the same thing, is his argument. Well,
2: actually, his argument is, by doing that, he led us better than Rosalind would have. Oh, okay. Because Rosalind would have resulted in the death of all of humanity. He bowed to the inevitable Mm
1: -hmm. and allowed humanity to creep along until that moment came where we could break free again. Which is, again, a flawed argument, because she didn't want us to go down to the planet in the first place. Sure. She, that was her platform. Was no, no, we're not gonna go down there. Let's stay safe on our ships. Um, and and guys wanted to run down there. I personally, I I feel that argument is crap. Um, but but then again, you know, I've, I <laughs> I argued it before when I said, hey, uh, yeah, he didn't have a choice when the gun was put to his head to sign that that paper. But that still doesn't change the fact that he had a choice, and you know that that would have saved him morally. I think I think. <clears throat> All right, John.
4: I, I'm going to be really annoying because I haven't watched as intently and I only caught the last, like, 30 seconds, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen it before. Uh-huh. But, I I mean, is the trial that he killed all those people or is the trial that he went to the planet? Because those seem like two different things.
2: The the trial, the, like, like Pete said, they don't explicitly mention yep. charges, but the argument that the lawyer, the prosecutor is trying to make is he's responsible for 5,197 deaths. Mm-hmm. That's that's the guilt that we're trying to place here,
3: but yeah, and they kind it, of swing back and forth on whether that's because he colonized the planet or because he bowed to the Cylons when they came. They kind of don't really. It it doesn't seem like you could do that.
4: that you said the the argument is crap because you know with uh, as far as like comparing him to Roslyn, mm-hmm. Oh man, I got to sit, sit over <laughs> here. Uh, like comparing him <laughs> to Roslin um, in. in except I, I i don't I don't really understand the the correlation between going down to the planet or not because that's how that's how you put it anyway, the way I understood it like you can't compare the two because it was him who went down to the planet, but I don't really
2: see that has anything to do with the deaths of the people because well, if that came after if they hadn't gone to the planet, the cylons wouldn't have caught up, and so all those deaths wouldn't have happened i
4: I just the think fleet that's, would have kept
2: moving i i, I I mean, I understand that that's
4: the progress of things, but I don't think you can blame someone. Like, you can say, like, okay, we, ha- we can blame you for genocide just because we decided to go here to this place. <laughs> like, I don't think you could ever say that. Because it was, it was his decision after that point that the charges would take effect. But anything previous
3: to that
2: point, that's well, just the It was his effect. order for humanity to populate New Caprica, right? That was his executive order.
3: Mm-hmm. But that was the platform he ran on too. So if they're going to bring that charge, yeah, they but have to at, bring it against the whole fleet.
1: Yeah, at the end of of season two, though, it, that was his like he made a, an explicit order. But to your point, John, you're I think you're right mm-hmm. uh, for for the most part. I, I don't have any argument with what you're saying, though. Fair enough. As yeah. long
4: as we agree that I'm right, <laughs> <it's not possible. laughs> I, I really like
2: the the question that the prosecutor starts out her case with, and. And I think it's an interesting question. I don't have an answer for it because we literally just came upstairs from watching the episode. I haven't had time to really process this yet. But she starts out asking about how do we measure loss? And it got me thinking about you know in our legal system today, in a lot of cases, we end up trying to balance loss with money in a lot of cases. And is that really – does that make anyone feel better? I guess there are people who it makes feel better. I'm not sure I want those people to win. <laughs> anyway, it, it got me thinking about that. Like I said, I don't have an answer right now, but it's an interesting question I wanted to call out. You know, maybe we all think the next week over, you know, what you know, how can we get a better system where we're where we're trying to assuage the loss instead of just saying, Well, here's a chunk of cash.
1: Hope you feel better. Yeah, I don't really have a response there myself. Just think about it. Payments
4: and hugs, probably.
1: (laughs) Intentured servitude. Intentured servitude. That might work, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Seems fair. Seems fair. Um, Okay, so the Cylons are following. Uh, They decide uh, they leave the Raptor there to watch uh, an extra amount of time, and the Cylons show up. And uh, I'll just go ahead and jump ahead. We, we find out it's be probably because there is this radiation signature coming off of the Tilium ship, um, and so that's how the the Cylons maybe have been following along, or at least according to Six. Um, you know, I love the fact that
2: FTL drives work better when someone is shouting. I don't know if you guys have noticed that over the course of the show, but <laughs> <laughs> seems maybe they're powered by screams. I don't know. That's a software. That's a
1: software patch. You know, that was an upgrade. It's like the FTL drive senses like, oh, they really mean this. Okay. Well, I won't now take I'll my work. time. Okay, fine. Go, go. <laughs> um, okay. So Six, I think, manages to get the best of Ty, which is not really that hard when he's drunk, um, and, with the assistance of Head Gaius. Um anyways fun to see. The uh, omniscient the, 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 Head the, Gaius. The, the two of them punch each other like this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so then we have Ty on the stand, who is drunk, and it gets noticed by this, uh, by the, the the defense lawyers, um, and during his examination from the prosecutor, he mentions Ellen, and so then the prosecutor, um, Lampkin, not, the, the defense, defense attorney. attorney, thank you, Lampkin brings up his wife. He's like, eh, there's something here. And start to pursue this and it comes, it's finally revealed to everyone that Ty was the one that actually killed Ellen. <laughs> which has got to be a pretty harsh, yeah, that, that's got to be rough to admit that in front of all of those people. Yes, I killed my wife.
2: Well, and it also, I think, probably taints the testimony a little bit.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, especially after,
2: by the end where he's like, I would
1: say anything yes. to see that man's ever." Yeah, a huge, huge mistake because his his testimony is useless at that point. Um, but Ty's hearing the music really loudly now, <laughs> and not over the radio.
3: And everybody in the room is staring at him like he's yeah. an idiot, <laughs> yeah. You're
1: a moron. Oh, I love that so much! <laughs> <laughs> he turned off the music. <laughs> um. Okay, so next uh, scene we're we're back in the bar, and we have Anders getting. Chummy with, um, I don't remember what her name is. Is she racetrack? No, no.
3: She she was, is, she I don't was on the repair crew, right? The maintenance crew, and then she moved into being a pilot. Or is yeah, that... she's the one. That... Oh, is that yeah. her?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember her
1: name though. I totally forgot her. Yeah, good good memory, Curtis. Way better than us, <laughs> who's supposed to know this stuff. Um, <laughs> no, I, I remember, knew that was I her. I just can't remember her name, her name yeah. right now. I'm trying to. That's not important, okay. I don't think. Um, anyway, he, I found that interesting that he is starting to expand out now that Starbuck is gone. Yeah, he's going to go ahead and date another hot pilot chick with
2: problems. <laughs>
3: there aren't a lot of women in the fleet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> take, take what you can find, huh? That's right. <laughs> um, let's see. I wrote down here the death order. Oh, is that uh, the prosecutor brings up that uh the, oh, the death signature order. the 200 Yeah. Si- 200 uh, the means. the 200 people um a- as part of the uh um interrogation by the prosecutor of Laura Roslin. Um which is kind of damning. It really that that's one of the key pieces of evidence that really points to okay, Gaius Baltar really is guilty here. Yeah. It's probably the strongest piece of evidence that they really do have.
2: Yeah, they certainly can lay those 200 or however many of those people actually died. The, uh-huh. Those you can actually lay at Guy Baltar's
1: feet. And I don't think there's any question about that. Right. Um, we then cut away to Lee. In manipulated. Adam. Uh, um, Lampkin. Yeah, Lampkin. Uh, kind of twisting him around. Yeah. And then he's in Admiral Adama's office. <laughs> chatting. A great conversation. Uh, about things. And it... Uh, in the end, I mean, the, the quote I wrote, wrote down was, I'm calling you a liar and a coward, um, which was said by Admiral Adama. Um the quotes I have is uh, Yeah, hard argument that happens here between
2: father and son. Lee says I will not serve under a man who questions my integrity and Adama's re- immediate response is, and I won't have an officer under my command who doesn't have any. Yeah. <laughs> it's like,
1: Wow, that was a great <laughs> comeback. Why can't I ever deliver a comeback line like that? <laughs> Admiral Adama both wins and loses in that <laughs> argument alone. Um poor uh, poor guy. So, Lee cross-examines Rosalind and brings up all of the Kamala stuff. She's still taking it even now. And she points out the reason is because I have cancer, which has got to be damaging to a president, as we've, we've seen from the West Wing.
3: I just want to insert here that at this point during the viewing, Joey muttered, She's not a Cylon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's true. We should make sure to get uh, a, a, a list of, of what's who is a Cylon and who isn't. At the, at the I've, I've got this.
2: four of the five here. <laughs> I'm not sure who the fifth one is
1: now. <laughs> um, okay, so the cancer's returned. Oh, D says the system is broken. And uh, I think figuratively also means their marriage is broken. She leaves. Yeah, I actually
2: like the way she put it. She said... That's not a system that deserves to be defended. That's a system that deserves to be taken apart and Uh built back up again, which is why you will hear occasionally people that are in the Republican Party call for a new constitutional convention.
1: uh, We should insert crickets right here. (laughs) I'll find some.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> just in case i can't find i'm not anything. sure whether to engage from the democratic side or no, that's what i was looking for <laughs> i looked over there and you were like because i'm pretty stunned. sure that the conservatives i've heard have said that democrats don't understand the constitution so are we are we dismantling the constitution and starting over or are we defending the constitution to its to, and taking it well back we're to fixing its, core. its problems yeah we, I, we need to
2: strip out some of these amendments like the 17th amendment okay it needs to go okay. away
1: yeah let's take out the second amendment as well because <laughs> that one's not helping anybody
2: at this point <laughs> it's helping
3: the nra and gun makers i know it's helping all of us curtis that was <laughs> sarcasm <it> t-
1: <laughs> okay let's end this ridiculousness uh tie is uh we see a drunk tie on the floor and then he's rummaging around his room. <laughs> the broom. music's inside the ship. It's, it's in the ship. <laughs> and he turns around, rolls and that, that,
3: around. Wildly
1: That wildly. The expression on his face is so <laughs> phenomenal there. Uh, it would have been great if he might have been drooling and yeah. sweating a little bit more. Um, anyway, that's, that's the last of my notes. I don't know if anybody else wanted to bring anything up.
2: Uh, I, I, I do have... Uh, Rosalind isn't a Cylon. She dismisses Tori during that interview. Yeah. Uh, because Tori is clearly lost it, and she has a great cutting room. She's like, well, I, you know, maybe I need to find somebody who can handle the pressure and run, their, uh, run a
1: comb through their hair
2: once a week.
1: <laughs> okay, what was wrong with me that I actually thought, wow, I, what's wrong with their hair? It kind of <laughs> looks nice. Was so, I the only one that thought that
3: she, she was obviously disheveled? Yes,
1: <laughs> it looked like she hadn't slept for a while. That's yeah. true, but I still thought her hair looked nice. It had a nice body to it. Uh, <laughs> I,
4: I liked her hair, but like the the whole the, the hair tease is just out of style right now. And obviously, it's out of style, like in a galaxy far away or wherever they are.
1: <laughs> Anybody else? Uh, weather's changing, Felix, and we need to be ready oh, for okay. it.
2: There's a storm coming.
1: So, Which is clearly yeah. evidence uh, that uh, uh, Agathon is a Cylon. <laughs> <There> <laughs> I liked there this. That's five. I really liked <laughs> that. Thanks, <laughs> Curtis. <Opie. laughs> no,
3: I did like that description that he gave talking about the smell in the air, about mm-hmm. how he could always tell on Caprica when the weather was going to change. That was cool. Am I
1: the only one that likes the smell of, like, when the rain's first coming down, no. it hits, like hot asphalt, or, I don't you know, know
4: anybody who doesn't like that
1: smell. Yeah,
3: that's a... I yeah, just... That's generally considered a good smell. Yeah. yeah. Okay,
1: good. I'm glad I'm not weird in yeah. that regard. Other regards, I'm sure I'm weird. But in that one, normal. Noted. Totally average. Um, John.
4: Okay, why isn't Rosalind a Cylon? She has cancer. But didn't... I mean, we knew that already, so is that...
2: I thought maybe before it was, uh... Like a... Uh, misleading a red herring there you go that's the term i was looking for so she for. didn't
4: have cancer before but maybe, i don't know apparently she did it.
2: she she has it again so maybe it wasn't a red herring before cylons don't get sick unless it's that one <laughs> kind of particular
1: what <laughs> was Enceph- it? Like encephalitis encephalitis. <laughs> yeah. encephalitis
2: right
3: okay
1: Okay, right. why, why don't we do that? Sure. Let's do that now. What, who are your... Well, I guess you only you said you only had four. Well, who got, who I, are I'm your I'm going to go ahead and say Agathon now. Agathon.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Might as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, so the the three I'm still pretty sure about... Well, the three 3 I'm pretty confident in
1: are Ty. Okay. You've mentioned him for a while now. Tyrell. Tyrell. Okay. Anders. Okay. Tori.
2: Okay. An Agathon, Agathon. but Agathon. the Agathon I just threw in there for fun. I really
1: only have four that I'm confident in. Okay, okay, yeah. We we don't have any emails from Brainy, and I'm sure he would have been asking uh, for uh, for a guess on that. So, um, okay, let's. Uh, Curtis, did you have anything else you wanted to mention? Oh yeah,
3: just some commentary on the episode. If I can squeeze that in, here. Na- now would be the time. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, I just wanted to get up. A, a quick note about the uh when we were having the discussion about the prosecutor at the very beginning of the episode and she says, "Well, if you don't like what I'm doing, you can get a new attorney." And Joey and I kind of turned to each other and said, "Well, they, you know, I think they they saved the wrong ships at the beginning of the series if they've got more than two or three lawyers on the board." And um let's see. I have a I just the this is kind of a I I like this episode, but I feel like the The court case is kind of like a really, really bad episode of Law & Order. And, uh, you know, I I made the note here that this prosecution has the most unreliable witnesses this side of Judge Judy. (laughs) And... um, <laughs> and uh, I, but I do I really love the defense lawyer I, it, I have Badger written down yeah, as his Lamp- name Lampkin Lamkin, okay. K you can call him Badger yeah yep. I, I can't remember what his, I was actually writing Badger actually, throughout but, yeah. until they said yeah. Yeah. Lampkin I was like oh well, that's, yeah. that's his because
2: it's the Pinocchio guy
3: okay yeah I was thinking of no it's the, not, oh, it's a not? Dick- that Dickensian is not his, that is
1: not the name I looked it up oh I don't know what the name is but I okay. remember looking it up a few weeks ago and I was like nope not that
3: okay. Also, okay, want to make one comment about Dama and uh, it, it, this is something that kind of been building in my brain as I watched the series previously, and it just kind of came out as I was watching this episode tonight. Is that he, that he is the paladin who couldn't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he, you know, I, I that is love a perfect description yeah, of his character, right? Because you know, I, I'm a big fan of paladins, and I don't know if we've talked about that before <laughs> on the podcast, but. Like, I'm, I'm always rooting for the oh, guy, you know, the, the Superman kind of, like, Boy Scout character. And Liadama, like, constantly feels throughout the series, like, he should be that guy. And he always falls short. He always falls short. You know, he, like, he's got this temper and he's got this pride thing that the yeah. that Lamkin just kind of pokes and prods him into doing something that he, you know, yeah, he maybe the paladin shouldn't him. do. Yeah. yeah, he's being manipulated and he's, like, yeah, it's just... He's just another. He just always is just like he, he feels like he, you know he he wants to believe that he's always the the knight in shining armor, but he he's just like no, Lee, you just don't have it. <laughs> Keep trying. He's
1: he's just another one of the children of the light.
3: <laughs> no, it's just as bad,
1: just as bad as they are. Okay, um, good comments from everyone. Uh, we do have some emails, but I'm going to save them for the final um uh episode since they kind of a hodgepodge mix okay. in um so curtis, we'll just, did you do ratings
3: we can do ratings if we want i don't know if curtis did a yeah he you don't have um, to if you don't want to we I, do I, sci-fi I, and tv yeah I, I can rate these if if we want to do that right now sure so pete science fiction
2: rating
1: i'm gonna give this a six um the, i enjoyed it but i it was you know it's only a six
3: okay curtis yeah, I, I I was thinking six for sci-fi as well. There, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of sci-fi stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly the drama, the interpersonal stuff going on. Uh, so.
2: I gave it a five. I I didn't see that much science fiction here. We got the dream, and then we've got hearing things that aren't there, which is really more just crazy than science fiction. <laughs> and, although shared hallucinations, you know, that's a thing. So okay, Pete Television, uh, John. Would you like to give a science fiction rating? No. I, I looked at him, and he looked at me and looked down at the floor. So I assumed I, that was...
4: I, I didn't see you look at me. Oh. <laughs> no. Sorry. Um, I, I only saw the part where Ty so, like heard this, <laughs> the sound, so I'll, I'll give it a six.
1: <laughs> For television, I'm only going to give this a six as well. Um, I wasn't that enthused by the episode. It was okay
3: curtis yeah i I, i'm wavering between a six and a seven i feel like i I mean i already kind of said that it feels like a cheap law and order episode like not not well written at times but then you know you get ty rolling around on the ground and it's just like super (laughs) funny and and there's, there's some good drama in there so i i think maybe i'll just stick with a six and uh, I gave it a seven. I actually think I would enjoy Law and Order more if it were more
2: like this <laughs> in space. Yes, well that too, that helps certainly. But like Lee getting up and not knowing, like when the lady raises an objection and Lee kind of looks at looks somebody help me. I don't know how to answer this. <laughs> What's the correct procedure here? Uh, I actually enjoyed certain aspects of this. I liked, uh, you know, as you said, I liked that that seeing that the paladin who couldn't kind of thing. I I love seeing Lee try and fail. It's great. <laughs> Hey, it wasn't Celix that name you were
4: looking for, was it? Celix, yes, yeah. that is okay. it. Um, I, <clears throat> I'll have to go down to my lowest score, which is a six, because <laughs> that's all I saw—just uh, him writhing around. <laughs> Although I did appreciate
1: Tori; I do like Tori. Moving on to our next episode (laughs) crossroads part two i hate all of you every single one of you
4: can dig a hole and die in it i I really I, i i really don't know what i've done (laughs) Wrong.
2: <laughs> you so, knew you could have saved me from this john
4: oh could i have do you recall several months ago me saying joey please don't get worked up about this it's not worth it and also i mean do you remember what i said in my i think the last email that i that i threw in remember anything of what i said i can't remember now I think the gist of it was, and this is like, and you know, maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe this is my opinion. I, <laughs> I told you, Joey, don't get so worked up about this because the writers don't know what's Where going on. Going and so you shouldn't stress you out about that. like, fitting everything into place, especially so early in the show, because it was earlier that you guys were yeah. covering. And no one else was nice enough to say something like that.
2: You know what, John? The Lord knows right. I wasn't going to say <laughs> You were right. I was wrong. You were right. right. I should have been listening to you all along. Thank you. From now on, I'm taking all of my life advice from John Madsen. Um,
1: more people should. Write. More people should. Okay, so what, what uh, the listeners probably don't realize is uh, we just watched crossroads part two so we record we watched part one did that recording I'm sweating (laughs) i am sweating and then we watched uh, part two and so we're now coming back to uh uh to joey's reaction really which once the the episode got to its finale uh he slammed the laptop lid shut he's like i hate you all and he gets up and charges out of the room Oh, so funny. So funny.
2: Fantastic. You know, I, haven't, I haven't given a rating or written
3: a summary. So. <laughs> Science fiction 1000. <laughs> as soon as uh, Pete and Joy decided they were going to do the series, I told Pete, I have to be present when Joy watches that episode. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I the episode is good, but just the the
1: enjoyment of watching Joey, it's the the meta episode, the <laughs> participated
4: in. It's so rich. And we should have considered filming that actually.
1: Yeah. There there we was that was it. a consideration <laughs> too. Um in the end, I I don't think I'm that cruel to Joey.
3: <laughs> we could have got a lot of hits on YouTube with that. <laughs>
2: you, did you see my legs bouncing? When the four of them are gathering in the room, I could not stop my legs from jittering. I'm
1: like, please just show a fifth person walk in the room. Please hurry up. It wasn't just the leg jittering. It was the audible, just show the fifth person already. <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's jump into the actual episode. We get an early, early morning phone call. Uh, from uh, um, Rosalind to Adama as Yeah, as they're acting shaving. a
2: little like teenagers here.
1: <laughs> I suppose that would have been uh, better if they would have been like, uh, okay, you hang up first. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you hang up first. <laughs> that is kind of the sense of that conversation, yeah. though. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, and so we we get the four people hearing the music. Yep. Uh, we've got Chief, Anders, um, I wrote aid, but that's Tori. Uh, um, and Ty, who are hearing this music over and over again, as you know, the uh, they're going about the ship. I want to say I had three of those right for quite a while. You had two of those right for quite a while. Okay. You had Tyrell, and you had Ty, Ty. and I you. you had right? Ty pretty early on. I think for the on. first
3: episode, it seems like from when you first started watching, you've been Ty, 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 and I've been yeah. like really they're, Ty. Really? It, it was like in the second or third episode where you said Ty, and
4: I'm like, first I I commend you slightly for getting a lucky guess at that point <laughs> <laughs> but that that's like one example of um, because you said oh Ty wasn't getting sick or something like that like, like back then he or, wasn't getting
1: tired he wasn't
4: getting tired yes, during the, the 30, 30,
1: 30,
4: 30, 33 yeah. and <clears throat> okay I don't maybe ron moore has made some kind of comment about this but i i honestly think that was just a coincidence yeah. and it just I, came yeah, back I, later yeah,
3: i strongly agree yeah, <laughs> l- yeah
1: lucky guess there you you really call it with with the um deanna the the xenon when she was goes up to one of the five and she's like i'm so sorry it's like you nailed it you you got that one with, with ty that yeah that because she's like right oh
2: there. crap we did all this
4: stuff yeah. to you
1: yeah. and you're <laughs> one of us <laughs> oops uh, <laughs> Um, okay, so but lots
4: of foresight of Ron Moore for uh, predicting that Tori would be like right from season one. He knew that Tori was going to be one of the final five, and that's just amazing. Because I mean, you do. I mean, honestly, did you see that comment at all in seasons one and
3: two? <laughs> it was. It was. Just... Amazing.
1: <laughs> well, we knew the aide to the president was. We just all assumed it was Billy. Billy, yeah, right. <laughs> I suppose maybe I don't
4: know. Maybe Billy was a Cylon all, all along. But and if he had
1: stayed with it, maybe he would have been the one.
4: Yeah. But I'm really glad they brought Tori on because she's hotter than she's, Billy. Yeah. Pretty girl. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't know the actress, but this is all I know her from. But
2: she's pretty, I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, and Anders apparently thinks though. Uh, because yeah. he he chooses to get jiggy with her,
2: and apparently Celix, I, I get the impression that he and Celix had something going. She thought it was exclusive.
1: Well, remember in part one, he was spending all right, of that time in the yeah. bar together yeah. with her, and so I think so as a woman, upset. she was assuming that she had nested uh, enough, <laughs> and uh, clearly enough, some some new dame swooped in. Um. Okay. So, so. was
3: that? Uh. Sorry to interrupt there. So. Them hooking up, is that because of the music? It's because they're Cylons. Because they're Cylons? Yeah, they're drawn to each other.
2: (laughs) Okay, all right. That's why we're going to see a love scene with Tyrell and Ty in a later episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we can all gouge our eyes out
3: At least one eye, right? (laughs) In honor.
4: (laughs) Joey, why are Cylons drawn to each other? Is it just for companionship, or is there some... Is there some reason for that? Is because it's they, they're, thing. they're compelled to reproduce, but they can't.
2: No, I, I think it's I think it's just like seeking like.
4: Hmm. Mm, mm, mm. Okay.
1: Um, so Lee says, you know, we should just declare a mistrial. That's yeah. what we should do here. That's statistically, this is going to get us the best outcome because we've seen the defense, uh, the prosecution's hand now. We would be able to fight against this much stronger, and um, of course, um, the uh, um, um, Baltar does not like this. Yeah, wait, because we're winning, we're losing. Yeah. I, <laughs> um, uh, so then Rosalind, we see in sick bay uh, going on to the deloxin. The uh, um, I'm assuming she's also on the Kamala as well because. Almost immediately, she's into the dream in the opera house. And Rosalind, Athena, and Six are all sharing this dream. And Hera yeah. as well, right? Yes, Hera. Thank you. Sorry, I forgot about Hera. And
2: we see the shadowy figure that we saw in the previous version of the dream as Six took Hera away. We find out that's Gaius Baltar.
1: And she's taking
2: Hera to him.
1: So they, presumably, I guess, all wake up at the same time, or at least um Athena and Rosalind do because they're basically in the same room and they all scream and, and we, we get like, a
3: great reaction from doc
1: Cottle. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's going on around here well you all freaking out at the same time <laughs> <laughs> and they go and pay the trip to uh, uh to six and uh, have that conversation of what's going on here why why is this happening um Let's see here.
2: Ty goes to see Adama and says, they're sabotaging us with music. <laughs> I'm telling you, Bill, they
3: put music in the ship.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll look into that. <laughs> all,
4: only a really, really old person is susceptible to like, rock and roll warfare.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I love how they begin interspersing the, the lines from the song into the episode. And uh Ty here says there's just too much confusion. Um and then uh I think it was him who then said uh no or maybe it was I can't remember who who then said um there must there be there must some... be some kind of way out of here.
3: Um I think that was Tyrrell at the beginning and then Anders says no reason to get excited. Yeah. Well, we do that was, get that... Uh, so wait, so we, I think that was at the beginning of the episode, because I have that in my notes. Okay. from the So you enjoyed that. Are I we did. unanimous in enjoying that? I, I greatly enjoyed
4: that.
2: Yeah, I enjoyed it.
4: Really? really? Yep. Oh, man, that's corny stuff,
2: man. Oh, I, I did not enjoy... That's just crammy. It's like... Uh, uh, then why did it, you ask if we were unanimous when you already knew what your vote was? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it would have been a lot more... A, a lot more of an impact when we thought we were
4: unanimous. And then it switched around. Because I, I thought it was silly.
1: Okay. Um, so we, we're back in the trial. Gaeta lies about the signing of the death yeah. warrant. And it, we see the, the animation out of Baltar as he's like, what? No, that is... That's a lie. I can't believe you're allowing this to happen. And the defense does the right thing here, which is like, look, if he's going to lie, I mean, there's nothing we yeah. can do here.
3: I, I, I took the note at this point to, to say, um, what do you? What happens when every witness the prosecution brings wants to physically murder the defendant? <laughs> is that is that a good thing for the defense or a bad thing? <laughs> R- really,
1: in the end, I, I think the the fault here, because. Am I right in assuming we should have all just killed Gaius Baltar a long time ago? Like, Rosalind, uh, um, um, Adama's idea to Rosalind was, you know, we can still throw him out the airlock. Yeah. And she said, no, let's give him his trial. As though she's feeling like she can win this one. Yeah. But it would have been best for everybody <laughs> involved. For humanity in general. Just space him. Yeah, just toss him out the airlock. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) knows he's really there. And if it comes to find out that, you know, he, people do find out, who's going to complain in the fleet? (laughs) Who's on Gaius's side except for the crazy people who don't start to like him until after his manifesto? I
4: don't know. It seems like all those people are probably essential for repopulation uh, because it's like primarily
2: female. Do you really want him in the gene pool though?
3: He's a genius. He's a
2: genius.
1: Yeah, He's I, a I, I just use him as a as a breeding stud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: No, that would that would be fine. I I don't know. I I, I think I, traitor I find, breeds
2: just as true as genius does.
4: <laughs> I, 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 find me some studies. I don't know. I've, I've always been a bit more sympathetic than other people to Baltar. I don't know. I don't. I don't know why. I I kind of. I don't like to throw the word victim around, but. I do think he was on Caprica. He was a bit compelled, and you know, I mean, agreed. Th- yep, I mean, yeah. there wasn't anything yep. he could do on new Caprica. On new, Cap- uh, new, on Cap- new Caprica, okay. Okay. on New Caprica, even on old Caprica,
3: the original, he didn't. He he didn't know that he was. I mean, he, if he got caught, Cylon. he's like, oh, okay, he thought he was just
2: <laughs> he thought he was selling secrets to someone for sex. He thought he Isn't, thought well, that bad enough.
3: Yeah, he, not for the death penalty. Yeah, I mean, he. He, uh, he, he when, was when doing something bad, but it wasn't to the degree. He, was, he, always
2: had
4: a, he always had a sense of ignorance, and there were, there, were some, there were always compelling things against him. He's a bad guy, but he's not Hitler bad. We treat right. him Hitler bad. He's <laughs> yeah. not Hitler bad. I Willing agree.
2: ignorance is not an acceptable defense, in my opinion. It's, it's not you're, an acceptable defense. You are held responsible for whatever that person did. As though you had known they were doing it because you willingly kept yourself ignorant. willing. Willing ignorance is a bad thing, but it's not Hitler level bad. I think
4: I think there is a difference, and it and you know it. I mean, I think that is a good. Well, you know what? No, it's a it's a bad thing about ignorance because because <laughs> then because then you're not as responsible. I, I I do see that, but for the sake of humanity, it's good to not be ignorant. Because if he was less ignorant, then. Things may have gone a little bit different. It may have taken them uh, a couple more months to find w- another guy <laughs> to to reach in. You know, I mean, the Cylons had us or them. I guess it's not us that they were going to blow everybody up. <laughs> it, it was going to happen. But let me let me go back to Gata though, because okay. um, I've noticed Gata, I mean, he's for the most part. I mean, he's a pretty all right, decent guy. You know, he's a favorite character of mine. Yeah, um, mine as well. But I've noticed like. Under certain situations, like either when he's being broadcasting in front of people or when he's lying on the stand, he gets very, very smooth. Like, way (laughs) smoother than he is in real life. Because he is kind of a... I mean, he's sort of a dork, but...
1: That's his tell. So if he was playing cards, it would be like, hmm. It's like, no, I fold. It's
4: like, this guy seems way cooler than he usually does. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a problem. Yeah, the only time I remember him being like that was when he was... um, Wasn't he on the like the documentary when they were interviewing him? He was smoking like a stud, and he's like, "Yeah," Yeah. saying like all that cool stuff. I'm like, he doesn't act like that ever. What's going on here?
1: (laughs) Who's that guy? Yeah. Um, So Lee ends up taking the stand, and Adama allows it. He's like, "No, I want to hear this," (laughs) which is like, "Wow! If you're Adama, you gotta know what's coming." Yeah, this is not gonna turn out well for you. But.
2: If you're Adama, if you ever want your son to be able to look you in the eye after just reading him the riot act about integrity a few days ago, you have to allow this. You have to put your integrity on the line here knowing you screwed up and he's about to tell the whole world you screwed up. You have to own it now. That's just who Adama is.
1: I am glad you made that argument uh, because I agree. Uh, And I think this really shows the integrity the true integrity of Bill Adama. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Let's continue. Um, Roslyn had pardoned everyone. So doesn't that include Gaius Baltar?
2: Well, he wasn't on the fleet. Right. The, he, he was not Burton part of the see. fleet at the <laughs> time the pardon was issued. He was a Cylon the, collaborator. A
1: technicality, man. He's still a human who was part of that whole
2: experience. He was not around when the Cylon, when the pardon was issued. So <clears throat> you're not part of it. Well, wait. So, wait. Was when the pardon? Wait, when was the pardon issued? As soon as humanity left Caprica. So where was the pardon? After the issued? circle. So after they had well, the they had people, a... the circle that was going around assassinating people. So and it the was. Secret... So it was
4: on Galactica. Yeah. Yeah. So does that mean like all the people on the ships not on Galactica? She said
2: Could...
3: anyone in the fleet. Uh... He was not
2: in the fleet at the time. <laughs> it, it's a technicality,
3: errors, man. but in there They they definitely were leaning on that. I think in the prosecution
1: what, what i love so much is is lee's rant his speech that he gives here um part of it i uh, quotes everyone gets forgiveness except baltar
2: yeah um, i'm okay with that and
1: <laughs> he's absolutely right and he names off himself as you know yeah. one of the the principal examples here of I shouldn't be get, you know. I am just as terrible as yeah. And as I thought it was else. great for the
2: writers to bring up all the times they screwed up Lee's character and throw <laughs> them into this bucket, so that now we will all forget about all of those. Yeah, yeah. because but, Lee owned them now.
3: Well, but I, I really did like that speech slash. Rant. It was very effective. Um, I, I put down the line. We're not a civilization. We're a game. Yeah. And so did I? Definitely. Yeah. Um, definitely, the, the humans on on this fleet have a they They're hanging on to these trappings of civilization, but when things start going bad, they've just military you you guys handle it and do what you need to do to get us out of the situation We won't complain
1: so um we have the the comment by the i guess the head female judge um on the she comes out and says, "I just want to state justice is imperfect and flawed, and I kind of bristled at that i don't quite agree with it if you look at it you know you know spin Maybe. type away then yeah okay i suppose
4: justice exercised but
2: like justice is an abstract
4: quality by definition is
2: not yeah yeah i think what she means is what we can deliver to you in the yeah. name of justice mm. is inherently flawed i don't yeah. know
3: I, i'm gonna take a different track on here and say uh that I'm going to get philosophical here, but... Hippie. We have, uh, you know, we have these, these laws of justice and mercy and how they, they don't match up. And so justice by itself is flawed. It, it doesn't feel fair a lot of the time if you go strictly by justice. We have to have forgiveness to make justice work.
4: Because the universe is primarily more of a negative place <laughs> and if everything worked out the way it well if everyone got should. exactly
3: the yeah exactly the just punishment or or consequence or whatever for everything we did i think all of us would be you know a lot more me miserable. Out, you know you're bumming me out you know? <laughs> I mean, it's
4: that's just that's just terrible i'm gonna wake up in the middle of the night thinking about that <laughs>
1: Uh, I I I disagree with Curtis a little bit there but uh, I respect him for being willing to stand up and share what he believes despite, even though despite it's, despite wrong. His, yeah. it's wrong it's <laughs> wrong <laughs> Me to the joke John Sorry sorry
4: <laughs> I can I, can't, no, no, I, I'm, glad I, we I I'm
1: glad you and I were going He was right there I'm
4: like oh, I'm going to grab this one He <laughs> was right there you just like teed it up and I'm like okay I apologize
1: <laughs> No it's good Um so Baltar is not guilty and uh the uh the lawyers end up abandoning Gaius. they're like yeah so we're-. does
2: admiral adama
1: <laughs> so but i mean he goes back to the his cell where he had been and he's like assumes that these two people are his friends now yeah and they're like yeah sorry dude you're scum you are a terrible terrible person and we want nothing to Just do because with you're you. not guilty doesn't mean we like you yeah um, and then, of course, Adama's line to Rosalind is, just because he's not guilty doesn't mean he's yes. innocent. And that's not what this trial was trying to, to prove. It's trying to prove he's not guilty of this one specific thing that he was being charged with. He's still got plenty of blood on his yeah, hands. Yeah, he's still a bad person. Agreed. Um so, let's see the, here. The whole thing
2: just highlights my frustration with the legal system. It seems like the only way to win in the legal system is to discard your personal integrity.
3: You mean in any legal system? Yeah. Or?
2: Well, this is clearly, after some fashion, ma- modeled after our own legal system. It's, sure. I don't, yeah. I don't think Ron Moore was out there doing research on extraterrestrial <laughs> legal systems in order to write this episode. Or so.
1: was he? <laughs>
2: But uh, yeah, it seems like for the most part in the legal system that you know of the Western world that we're most familiar with, the people who generally tend to win are the scumbags.
1: Well, the rich certainly. And the because they bikes. can buy their way out of it. Sure, damn Republicans. <laughs> Wait, how, how did we get from rich to Republican? <laughs> we all know it's the Republicans who are the right. rich. There, there's
2: never been a rich
1: Democrat ever. Bill so- Gates soiling the environment, <laughs> taking where they can, manipulating the system. I, I, th- I think Bill Gates balances all the rich Republicans out all by himself. Yes, he's done nothing but bring us wonderful things such as Internet Explorer, Microsoft, Microsoft Bob, Windows. <laughs> Am I right, Curtis? The Backing Bill and up Melinda Gates developer. Foundation. I was <laughs> going to say
4: that, that's a good foundation, yeah. Yeah. That's nice.
1: Okay. Um, so we have a jump to the Ionian Nebula. And Which apparently
2: is a giant EMP. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Because once they get there, all of the ships power down and begin to drift. And I really like the fact that they started literally drifting all over yeah, the I place. Yeah, I thought we were like, going
2: to see some collisions
4: there. Yeah,
1: I thought so too. Unfortunately, No. Um,
4: and uh, I wonder what the odds of that would be because I mean, if the if these ships, when, whenever they um they they show the ships, they they kind of seem really close together, but if Battlestar Galactica actually existed, I would think that they'd actually be like probably like kilometers apart, apart, you yeah. know, and, and right. I mean, and space is very huge, so if they did drift, it probably would be you know very unlikely because you know.
1: I I it was, I it would take a while before they'd start hitting into each other. Right. And uh, did I
4: mention this when we discussed Star Trek ever? Um but that when when they say the like how far ships are away from each other, they'll give like these massive like huge numbers. Like that was That was 80,000 meters away, but, you know, it shows the exterior shot, and they're right
3: next to each other.
4: (laughs) I I think it'd be really cool, like, if, indeed, the way these science fiction writers are envisioning these ships in space to actually... I mean, we can do that now, where they can actually show just how far apart these ships are. And, I don't know, maybe... um, and, and use camera work to show, like, the weapons connecting, like, from a great distance. I think that would be really cool. But we never see that. It's just a thing.
2: You, you know, one place where you do see that is the video game EVE Online, where okay. when the giant space battles happen yeah. in EVE Online, if you watch the the screencasts of those guys having the big space battles, you can't even see the other ships. Wow. All, all you see are little target reticules out there, and they're targeting them, and they're firing their weapons, and they're, they're firing, you know, thousands and thousands of of Bullets, or you know, whatever and most devices. of them are just going into space. Well, and 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 there's just like it takes seconds for hmm. the action to resolve. Like they'll shoot the bullet, and like three or four seconds later, you find out whether or not you hit your target. So is Evan
4: is it kind of like is it kind of like a really heavy graphical uh, missile command? Sort of? <laughs> <laughs> no, that would not be an accurate representation of it. Kind of sounds it a little bit because that's the thing you got to remember in missile, you fire your shot and you have to anticipate like yeah, seconds. That, later. that does
2: happen. Hmm.
1: Okay, so I just want to make mention of the fact that as all of the ships are powering down, like right before that's happening, Rosalind gets yes. sick. Yeah, she is like ugh, and then boom, everything goes dark. Consequently, um, it provides some great fodder or. Um, um, uh, I, don't, I can't think of the right word, but the women come along and oh. cover. It creates cover for the, the women to him. rescue Gaius. Um, and the blanket over him head? away.
3: With uh, blanket. The, the imagery of the... The blanket looking like a robe on his yes. long locks with his beard. It's yes. perfect. I thought the oh, exact same thing, so
1: I'm glad you thought so as well. Yeah, it definitely gives the Messiah yes, figure. That definitely. was one of
4: my favorite parts of the Bible when all those women came in and rescued <laughs> Jesus <laughs> from the Cylons.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> was that Luke? I don't really read Luke that much. I think it's actually
2: in the apocrypha. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, anyway uh, let's see here oh then we start getting the quotes there must be some kind of way out of here said the Joker to the thief Um, there's too much confusion I can't get no relief all said by each one of the the four What we will come to find out um of the Cylons. Look, if
2: you've been watching the show and you don't know by the start of this episode that people who are hearing, hearing music are the Cylons, mm-hmm. you have not been paying attention.
1: Yeah, that's the it's tell. It's a giveaway. That, that's the tell. That's that's how it's supposed to, be, to all be coming together there.
2: The fact that they wouldn't show a fifth person was about to drive me crazy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the, all four of them meet and they realize that they're Cylons. I think... Terrell's, uh, not Terrell, sorry, Ty's reaction is
3: <laughs> yes, because He walks fantastic. in and is like, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> I
1: almost think that's too outlandish, but it's like, it's just it's too just enjoyable. Ty. Uh, it's too Ty. I love
3: Ty. Yeah. It fits him so yeah. well. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: I,
4: now, how do I'm, we, uh, how do, okay, we know they're Cylons. Um, how do they know they're Cylons besides they all share a common weirdness? Well, I, I think, think they've, they've
2: started to suspect it for a while. Mm-hmm. I think that's why, why Tori was losing sleep. Uh, when, when she said, hey, you know, what's that music? And Anders is like, what did you just say? I, I think they've all been starting to recognize on some subconscious level. And it's having them all drawn into one spot that makes them... Face this rec- recognition that's been building. Oh crap! I'm a Cylon. And
1: yeah. then, and then once they all realize and uh, accept it, then the power comes back on for the entire fleet. Oh, you know,
2: yeah. I didn't. I didn't
3: make that connection. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, so interesting. I, I uh, just want to ask a question that I I wrote down while we when we had that scene as a uh, made me think. How would you feel if one day you woke up? And you weren't who you thought you were. That that feeling that you, those four were reflecting there—it would prove I was right all along. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I always thought I wasn't who I think I am right now. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> Thank you, John, for putting it so, so succinctly. <laughs> I I've, I
4: I think everybody—I uh, don't—not not everybody, but it's kind of human nature to think you're a little bit more interesting than you actually are perhaps or or less perhaps that's why um uh you know like most children's books aren't about like some kid who like discovers that he's going to witness someone do something special but you know like uh like like harry potter is like yeah yeah And, and so like kids relate to that who are like yeah, you don't write about neville longbottom right right um like kids relate to that, like you know, a kid reads that and I'm like, yeah, I, I'm something, I'm special, you know. And I, I've noticed this, like for uh, for Anne of Green Gables, like every girl growing up thinks Anne of Green Gables is specifically for them for because her. yeah, because right. they're like they find so much meaning in this. Quirky, interesting person who's different than everybody else. Well, you know what? You're all the same. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you're all you're all similarly different. You're, you're all special snowflakes. Yeah.
4: yeah. See, I had this when I was a kid. and This is before. This is after the old Battlestar Galactica, but before the new Battlestar Galactica. I I used to like kind of have daydreams that uh, that if I cut myself open, I would actually be a robot. <laughs> and that was my thing. And I was like I was the only was that, and that was like was my that difference, Before so. Terminator? <laughs> it was about the same time as Terminator, I guess. Yeah.
2: Uh that's I I, uh, I think that this is also why the TV show Suits is so popular right now. Because I think there are a lot of people in the world who on some level think, yeah, I'm kind of a fraud. Mm-hmm. And that's the main driving force for the narrative of the show Suits is that one of the main characters has to wake up every day and go be a fraud to everyone who respects – he respects everyone he loves and cares about. He has to pretend to be something he's not. And I think on some level, a lot of people feel that way. And so I, I don't think I, – I don't think it would be like – Terribly unexpected to wake up and find out, oh, yeah, I'm not what I thought I was. was. I, turns out I was a fraud the whole time.
4: <laughs> if you, as long as we're talking about shows, sorry. Uh, have you heard of a show called uh, Orphan Black? No. Uh, it's yes. A, I told you about it, right?
1: I, I've seen portions of it. Oh, okay. It's a BBC show.
4: Yeah, it's a BBC show. I believe, well, it's, it's on it's in- BBC America, and I think it may be a Canadian show. I'm not totally sure. But I swear it's... they
1: had British accents.
4: Well, yeah, they do. Okay. They do. Okay. And that has to do with... Um, like, the way it opens up is this British girl. Mm-hmm. Um, she's... I, And she's somewhere in... I think she's either in Canada or the United States. Like, it might be Toronto or New York or something. I can't remember where it is. But she's, a Brit- she's British and she's living there. And the way it opens... And this isn't much of a spoiler because it opens this way. Uh, she's on the subway platform and she sees a woman crying. And... Um, and she looks up, the woman looks up, and she sees it's someone who looks exactly like her. It's like her twin. She looks exactly like her. And her twin, who's crying, looks at her and then steps off the platform into an oncoming train. And uh, like show. Yeah. And then this, the British girl, she's having some problems of her own. She goes over to the crying girl's stuff, takes her stuff, assumes her identity... And she has no idea who this person is. In the course of things, she finds another double of herself, Uh, who is a... a triple? Yeah. Yeah, a, a, a triple. And, oh, the person who killed herself was a cop. And so she assumes the cop's identity. And one of the most stressful hours of my life is watching, a, a, like, the third episode where... In order to get what she wants, she has to assume this cop's identity for a day, and you watch her try to be a cop <laughs> for a day, just like pretending to do it. And it's it's actually it's pretty aggravating and fun. It's an interesting show.
1: I didn't stick through it, but uh, I remember watching it and mm-hmm. thinking that's uh that's kind of unique. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, I was too interested in the Doctor Who that was that I, I had been watching. So
3: sure, yeah, good, share
1: good share, good share.
4: Cool. Yeah, too much good stuff.
1: Um let's see here. The Cylons show up and the panic comes as they realize we have it's going to take us 20 minutes to be able to spool up the FTL and the uh Admiral Adama says we don't have 20 minutes. This isn't going to work out. And so they're launching the alert fighters, they're sending them out. Um and uh, let's can can see we here. just stop here? No. Well, that's where you stopped. <laughs> I
2: think that's, that's where you stormed out of the, I out think of the that's room. that's the end of the show, right? <laughs> so so hu- humanity
1: dies there. <laughs> show's over. We don't have to watch the fourth season. Ty T- T- shows up there, and he says to yeah. the Admiral, You can, <laughs> you can count, count on, on me. me. <laughs> I'm here. And then Tory shows up and says basically the same thing to the president. I'm like, I'm here for you. I'm ready to support you. Which is just painful to watch and it's like uh okay they've both got to be asking themselves okay what point am
2: i gonna pull out a handgun and shoot the old man in the stomach
1: (laughs) (laughs) um so lee is back in the fighter and during his flight meets starbuck again and she says it's gonna be okay i've been to earth and I'm going to take oh, us. Oh, is that there. what she said? Yes. yes. <laughs> you missed <you laughs> her. <were out>. Joey <laughs> stormed out. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so she is there. She's back, and she's there to declare she's going to take us all. And to she's Earth. the
4: fifth Cylon. And the the um, yes, and the uh, closing shot is a uh, zoom out where we see Lee, we see Starbuck, we see the Cylons. We see the surrounding stars. We see that arm of the galaxy, and then a zoom back into the galaxy in a different point where we see Earth. Okay. you
3: um, have like
2: Earth continents and stuff.
3: Yes. And does it have cities? You can see Florida, but I
1: don't. No, think there it, it's any it's it's far. Out. Okay. It just like shows the outline of land. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Does anybody have anything else? I want to read some emails from people now. Yeah. The only other thing I had was I, I do appreciate <laughs> Ty's comment.
2: You know what? We go back to our stations and, and then what he finishes with, whatever else I am, whatever else it means, that's the man I want to be, yeah, and if I die today, that's the man I'll be.
3: yeah, was, I, uh, like, yeah. I thought that was yeah, a good, was good. line.
2: Uh, now do you want um,
4: do you want final five before or after the emails? <laughs>
2: after the emails?: <laughs> Okay. We, 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 i I asked John to come up with a final five since brainy
1: didn't have time to write okay. in. Um, Okay, so Listener M uh, says, "Okay, I wasn't expecting a new recording this week, so I haven't rewatched the episodes yet. If I have time, I'll send more. He didn't have time. I will say that I wonder if Joey was prepared for the surprise ending. (laughs) This series has uh, always had fun with the end of season surprises. Um, This episode has my favorite line ever. Will somebody turn that fracking music off? (laughs) Um, And then that's all. He was going to try and send another email, but he doesn't. Um, Let's see here. Okay, so our buddy Sean uh, Cernich, um, he sent in a couple of emails. So he got done watching the episodes. This is clear back on September 26th. Okay. And he sent this email. I just don't know how to feel about this. What just happened? (laughs) Even though we know who um, the remaining Cylons are, the doors of questions just blew open. What does Bob Dylan have to do with all this? Is he a Cylon, too? <laughs> or is Jimi Hendrix a Cylon? It's all just too much. And, oh yeah, there's Starbuck, too. Hooray, I guess. Okay, uh, he sent in another email like later on in the day. And this one's kind of long, so... Anyway, he's... Do you remember when Brainy covered um, All Along the Watchtower? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah, that's okay, why. Okay. This These episodes are why he did I'll have that. to go
2: back now and re-listen to what he
1: said. So, this is my buddy Sean, um, a.k.a. The Duke. Um, so, I was joking with my previous email about the whole All Along the Watchtower thing. But I really am fracking confused. How does this song, some random Bob Dylan song, have anything to do with the Battlestar? So naturally, I took to Google. The lyrics that Dylan gives us are all pretty garbled. They make no sense if taken at face value. Just a random story that doesn't really have a beginning and really doesn't have an end. However, Dylan has managed to get countless people to try and bring some light to what they mean, and there have been some people who have written their thesis on the song. Hmm. There seems to be a few common threads between them, but I found some interesting connections that make this song to be the perfect end for Season 3. The song is about two individuals, the Joker and the Thief, approaching the place known as the Watchtower, the center of societal norms. This place is guarded by princes who, while people, came and went. In this instance, the Joker and the Thief kind of seem to be the newly revealed four Cylons who are looking for an exit and who think, there's too much confusion. Correctly, too, it seems. The princes are most certainly the Adamas watching over the fleet. The song itself portrays an apop... uh... Apocalyptic- Apocalyptic. Uh, Apop. No, no. He doesn't have a two C P's in there. Right. Right. Apocalyptic.
4: A-P-O-L-Y-P-T-I-C.
1: See apocalyptic. if it works
4: in context.
1: <laughs> apocalyptic. <laughs> it's got to be apocalyptic. Maybe it's a musical term you don't know. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, it portrays a feeling and suggests danger and violence in the near future in the two final lines of the song. Quote, outside in the cold distance, a wild cat did growl. Two riders were approaching. The wind began to howl. Close quote. That sounds like the scrolls of (laughs) Pythia. The (laughs) wildcat howling is suggesting the upcoming calamity that will drastically upheave every bit of society that Galactica has held dear by the arrival of the Joker and the Thief, the Cylons who have made up a very important part of the crew. Um... Anyways, the writers have said that they wanted to use the song because they would make us feel like we had a connection to the Galactica crew. So maybe we should all just stick with that. Either way, I'm still fracking confused. Alright, that are all of the emails. Everybody, thanks for for writing in that did. Um, Let's go ahead and hit...
4: Jerry's right. Final
1: Five, as right. portrayed by my friend John Madsen. All right, cool. Well,
4: uh got the assignment an hour ago. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> but, by the way, it is an honor to do the Final Five. I will say that. Because um, I've been meaning to complain about the Final Five for a while. I've been, meaning to, <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to tell Brainy that I think the Final Five that he does, that are like really cool, but I think... Like there you may be more kind of him. No, no, no. I think there's sort of like an observer effect that tends to happen with the final five. Like by by asking the question that actually is spoilers just by the asking. So like the measurement of what you actually say is
1: actually changes the outcome of how you watch something. Okay. Uh, I by the way, I, I know exactly what you're saying, and yeah. I did my best to try and yeah. curb some of. That.
4: Oh, I know, I know. I've yeah. heard you censor yeah. some things. You've done a pretty good job. Pretty good. Uh, okay um okay question number one if Athena's number designation is eight explain what the number designations of the final five would be
2: let's see number one is Cavill
1: I honestly have no actually hang on I have this right here I think it came in in an email once before but I've yeah, I archived it away. I, have not, uh, I couldn't even... So,
2: it. Xenolon is a three. We know who six is. We know who eight is. Or no, three is the... Uh, it's either uh,
3: Leoban
1: or the black guy.
3: No, no, no the black guy's four. No, three is the PR guy. Three is the a, PR guy, yes. Three is the PR guy.
2: No. No? Okay. Give them to me, John. Uh, So, you give up on the... I, I just no, said no, the no, final I, five. Get the designations for the I, final I, five. I don't, I don't want to give one of the ones that we know is taken. And then I'll give them from there. Okay. Um, Just give me the numbers that are already taken. That's fine.
4: uh, Let's see. Uh, One, Cavill. Two, Leoben. Three, it just has the icon image, so (laughs) it's like have a hard time. I think that's uh, Deanna. Yeah. Okay. Four is the black guy. Five is PR guy. Six is six. And... Eight is Athena.
1: So seven, nine, ten, eleven, twelve.
2: Okay, well, obviously, Starbuck is twelve. Uh, six. No, six is taken. Seven. seven. Uh, so seven is going to be Ty. Mm-hmm. Nine is going to be Tyrrell. Ten and eleven are Anders and Tori, respectively.
4: Okay. The point of the question was, what's the deal with Ty being seven and Athena eight when Ty is part of the
2: final five? Oh, why are they out of order? Yeah. So the question isn't what order they're in,
1: but why are they out of order? Yeah,
2: you were supposed to kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I misunderstood
1: the question. Come on. <laughs> um, would you please infer correctly, please? Uh,
2: the, the, the significance of the ordering is their rank in Cylon society. Okay. Even though... They knew that she was less important than one of the final five. They just didn't know who that person was. Okay, actually, that, that leads to the next question.
4: Besides not knowing their identities until now, what differences are there between the final five and the other eight Cylons? And between the human Cylons
2: and the Centurions? Okay, so the differences between the final five and the other Cylons is that the final five have more free will. So we saw how uh, Boomer Hmm. did not have the free will to decide not to destroy the fleet. I think we're going to find that the final five actually do have a measure of free will and they're able to participate in the fleet society without sabotaging it. I don't think they're going to be sleeper agents. Uh, The difference between the meat droids and the toasters is basically that. I I don't think there's any significance other than the fact that you have some semi-organic ones and some clearly non-organic ones, and the semi-organic ones treat themselves as a form of aristocracy over the non-organics. Okay, so what's the purpose of the final five having more free will?
4: The purpose? Mm-hmm. I think it's accidental. Okay. Interesting. Okay. By the way, this is, this is me talking, um, <laughs> but like six months ago, I sent in an email that said, where I said, oh, good, we meet Cavill. I sent this in when we met Cavill. uh, Because I I, I said he's the last Cylon to be revealed. And that's just a thing that... Well, actually, no. I said he's the last Cylon, is what I said. But that's just a thing that I want to talk about later. That I really want to talk about later. That I find very important. But it'll be a little while. Okay, question three. How many...
2: Humanilons are there? Two. Okay.
4: Hmm.
2: Who? Uh, Hera and Tyrell's son.
4: Okay. Four.
2: Oh, this is one I was...
4: explaining. Okay. Did those four Cylons understand
2: the words to All Along the Watchtower? Yes, but they understood them differently than we do. So... Non-English, then, uh, not so much English as, B- much binary. as metaphysical. There's a there's a deeper metaphysical meaning to the words that we as humans don't get.
4: Mm-hmm. That
2: only those those free will Cylons are getting
4: when they were when they were saying there's got to be some way out of kind of way out of here. Were they literally saying that in
2: their own language, or were they just repeating the words of the song? They were repeating. Uh, they were. They had found the words to an emotional state that they we're experiencing which is i don't want to be part of silent society and i don't want to be part of human society there's got to be some kind of way out of here do i really have to pick between these two fundamentally broken Mm -hmm. groups okay a follow-up song or follow-up
4: question (laughs) follow-up song i accept i'm excited all right (laughs)
3: excellent what
4: song should have been used instead Uh, instead
2: In the Ghetto. Okay, very
4: good. In
1: the Ghetto. <laughs> I, I took this
4: a little bit different. I have my own answer for this. What is it? Uh, 99 Left Balloons. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it actually has in, nothing... In German? To, in German. Okay. Yes, specifically in German. It has nothing to do with the song, although I think 99 Left Balloons, it is about the end of the world, so it probably would work pretty well. Uh, but uh, I, I think it, it's important that, um, that they acknowledge... Lo- what, what, sorry, I'm having a hard time saying this. It, it's annoying that the song is in English okay, for me. Okay, uh, like Because you kind of get that geeky perspective. It's like, okay, so it is from our world and it's in English. <laughs> and how do they understand in English when they obviously don't speak English? They're across the galaxy. Um, that's a pretty good you know, so. <laughs> geek
2: voice you did there. I've been yeah, working that's on comic, it all that's of my life. Guy there. Yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, last question. Oh, a Simpsons
2: character. Okay. Yeah.
4: yeah. Uh, Peter, show <laughs> Joey the image of the young Edward James Olmos that Duke sent in a couple of weeks ago. Oh,
1: jeez. Uh, it's going to take a while. I, me-
4: I meant to signal you about this, but I didn't have a chance to...
2: You know, I, I want to elaborate on that because I think it Go actually ahead. makes perfect sense that what's going on is that th- these final five guys are... They All they've done is they've taken a hum, piece of human culture and adopted it to fit their emotional state. It's mm. not that the song All Along the Watchtower necessarily has particular meaning to them. It's that it fit what they were going through.
4: Okay. Um, all right. Again, Joey, what movie is this character from? I don't know.
1: It, is this... Can I guess? Yes. Is this Blade Runner? Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. I so- I was
4: yelling pretty loud when I heard you guys when I heard Duke and I'm like could tell by his email oh yeah that's Gaff from Blade Runner and both of you guys are like oh yeah I don't know what that is mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: good, good for good for Edward James almost having work <laughs> young in life no it, I happened to be flipping through the stations uh-huh. tonight oh, really? or today earlier and it was uh, Blade Runner that was on and I, ha- I was like oh I'll watch Blade Runner for a few minutes and this character came on. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I didn't
2: remember him being in Blade Runner.
1: Guess he's a great character
4: in Blade Runner. Uh-huh. He's really cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a cool remembrance. Thank you for uh, for helping to re-remember that. You are welcome. Uh, I think that was... Uh, John, you did a very effective job. Yeah, Thank for you. only
2: having an hour's notice? Yeah. Well done.
1: Really, really good. Um, so, anybody else have anything they want to bring up? Or should we go into ratings?
2: Let's go into ratings. Yeah. John, science fiction. I saw it. It was pretty good. Seven. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go with a science fiction of 10 because, yeah, I just couldn't see some of that coming. Hmm. I, I would have never, ever, ever guessed Starbuck until they would not
3: show the fifth person. <laughs> Curtis? Yeah, I'm I'm also going to go with uh, 10. i think it's awesome i love the the musical hypnosis or whatever and they all end up in the same room i love the um jumping and then the all the fleet goes dark and then the power comes back on and then the cylons appear and then they all go out to fight and then starbuck appears out of nowhere it's it's awesome it's great sci-fi
4: wait joey go back going back you never would have predicted starbuck because
2: she's dead <laughs>
1: i mean <laughs>
2: right i mean obviously she resurrected she's a cylon yeah
1: um i give this a 10 i think it's amazing fantastic and more so like i want to give this a joey rating of like 20 somehow yeah. <laughs> just because it was amazing to watch you just get so frustrated. Uh, i i loved it i really did love it
2: okay john television rating. Uh, uh,
4: Your lowest rating ever, a seven. It's probably no. It, this is. It, it was at this point in the show that I kind of lost a lot of my faith <laughs> in in the show. Oh, oh, in the show. Yeah, uh, and, you and no so, longer believed in the Cylon God. <laughs> right, right. I, I mean, I kind of, I, I, I started being like, I. I I, I stopped buying a lot of things that I was expected to swallow up to this
2: point. And so uh, I, I give it a six uh, for television. I'm going to give it an eight. I think it was the the conclusion of the, the court case I think was very well done. I liked the way the writers took some of what I previously considered mistakes and they had the characters own those. And it, I think it made for some really powerful television, Plus, I've never in my life wanted to be a fingernail biter so bad <laughs> as when they would not show me that fifth person. They, like, I, I Look, it's not for me. It's not what I enjoy, but I understand that most people like that building of anticipation. Uh, I can't handle it. It's it's hard.
3: All right, I would give this a 10, but I have two nitpicks, so I'm dropping it to a 9. And uh, my nitpicks are and I already covered this I really think the writers do not know how to write a legal <laughs> courtroom <laughs> drama that it like it shows that that's not their forte and uh, my second nitpick is that I honestly the first time I watched the series I was like Tori? really? she's one of the Cylons? does that feel completely thrown into anybody else because <laughs> that seemed random to me like we didn't we were like well we need a we need somebody to be that other Cylon. You know what? We've had this presidential aide we haven't done anything with. Let's write her into that role. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I'm going to give this a 10. Uh, again, because you know so much of uh, Joe's reaction is tied up into this. <laughs> I, I, I legitimately do enjoy the episode. I thought that the writing was actually pretty solid. You're, you're, I think you're kind of right. I felt the same th- feelings about Tori about, like, well, wow, that kind of came out of nowhere, but it was like, okay, fine, I'll I'll go along with it because I'm enjoying the rest of it so much. Um, the The diatribe that Lee goes on his rant, I, I I find compelling, and I I like that it makes me think so much about certain things. Um, so I, I feel very comfortable with the ten. Okay, moving on to season wrap up, Battlestar Galactica season three. Um, it's been a fun ride, albeit <laughs> exceptionally long. Yeah. Uh, considering all of our you know, breaks.
2: I, I feel like uh we're probably gonna get back into a groove here now with season four you know now that all the all the secrets are out we know everything that's going to happen it's now
1: just a matter of the yeah. race to earth Be- because it was the it was the show that was really interrupting our Look, podcasting schedule i had a hard time
2: committing <laughs> because every time i go to sit down and watch this it's anxiety time for joey <laughs>
1: No, it's not. Anxiety had nothing to do with this. We oh, had yeah, way too much going on. The,
2: that, there was an element of that, but I could have committed stronger. And I think if I had, you would have been here. No way. You were
1: doing trips out of
2: town. Yep, because where... my wife would say, "Hey, we're going to do this. And I didn't go, no, I can't. I have a podcast. And I'd go,
1: okay. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. I, I think we're going to get back in a groove here. Uh, um, so, season three thumbs up thumbs down <laughs> thumbs up with an with an asterisk of a sigh <laughs> yes yep that's exactly right thumbs up with a sigh you you enjoyed it though i did um i enjoyed it more this go round probably i i don't want to specifically say you know the aspect of watching you watch it you know was enjoyable because it was but in general, I don't like season three of Battlestar Galactica, and it's all because of the Caprica episodes. But I enjoyed them more this go around, and I just wonder if that was, you know, a fresh set of eyes on it. Uh, you know, it's
2: interesting because it wasn't the Caprica mm-hmm. episodes yep, that I struggled with. Yep, you mentioned that.
1: Okay, and uh, I, I, I guess it's you know just the difference between you and I. Okay, so. Let Didi know. Turns we're not, out we are different. Yeah. Okay. We're not. I'll the same. make a record of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I don't have any emails from anybody uh, who wanted okay. to participate with this. So it's just you and I. Um, John and Curtis left. I just want to say a big thank you to those guys yeah. again uh, for for participating because it was. Uh, tons of fun to have it, it's
2: here. always nice to mix it up I, as much as i like your company mm-hmm, pete mm-hmm. it's always
1: nice to get a little bit of a different dynamic in here and have different people reacting exactly exactly fresh set of eyes fresh set of values on things always light things up um so let's jump into our normal stuff i don't uh, like i said i don't have any emails to okay. read i don't know what uh, what's the order you want to go here why don't you go ahead and start off with your bit part Okay, so I had a cu- I had a few uh, okay. that I, w- I was planning to put down here. I wrote down Carl Lumley from the episode Hero. He's the black guy that shows up in that Cylon Raider. Oh, 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 oh okay.
3: Gotcha, um, gotcha.
1: But the episode was just so terrible that not even Carl Lumley can save that. <laughs> um, and I Richter, really like that actor. Um I, the next person up, I was considering was the woman who played the hybrid. I just felt that she was just so spastic and you know mm. uh, schizophrenic almost, with you know jumping from thing to thing to thing. And I I love her lines, you know, when she says <gasps> "jump." I, I really appreciated that character, okay. and the the actors who had to do that did an excellent job. But in the end, this is going to go to um we get his name Bruce Davison who plays Dr. Roberts. Oh, okay. Um in the episode the Woman, Th- the Woman King and it's he is a really an exceptional actor. He's more of like a character actor. He's in these one-off pieces. I've never seen him do a series or anything like that. He's just like comes in and does these one characters and then he's done. He's off. Um and I I felt that he was able to bring across this creepiness, mm-hmm. uh, but still this like yeah. He, well, is he telling the truth? He's just you know kind of a jerk. He's not really killing people. Oh wait, he's killing people. Yeah. Um, and he carried it off so really really well. I was pleased by it, by his portrayal. So, congratulations, Bruce Davison. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give it to Lampkin. Okay, uh, Badger. A.K.A. Badger. <laughs> You know, A.K.A. He, he, the other guy from that other show we really like. Yeah, he um, he
2: is he is like the consummate character actor, right? Mm-hmm. He's just he he's all over the place. Uh He's Sterling in. That's leverage. what I was just talking yeah. about. Yep, I I thought it was. I just wanted to clarify we were talking about the same mm-hmm. other guy in other show. Uh Anyway, I I loved his portrayal here and the way he's able to use both of the Adama's own mor- code of morality to twist reality around. It's it's just you need an actor who can portray that kind of gleeful sliminess to, to pull off that action, and, and he does a smashing job of it. Mm-hmm. He did wonderful. Uh, for my most hated character, I'm going to go ahead and give this one to Cavill. Really? Yeah. You hated Cavill? I hate Cavill. He's just he's evil he truly he grates on you that much uh, just and and it's it's i think it's especially hard because it's dean stockwell (laughs) i I think (laughs) who's so likable yes right yeah i mean he's al from quantum leap one of my favorite characters in one of my favorite shows of all time Uh and yeah it's it's really
1: hard to watch okay um no no guess here starbuck (laughs) golly i cannot stand her Okay. Pete Hotchick. Six. Yeah. (laughs) My my note is, how
2: can it be anyone but Head Six specifically? Because Head Six six gets to wear the good outfits.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I guess I really like regular Six because she's wearing black all the time. Okay. Mm I love black. Uh, Favorite villain? Baltar. No surprise. Really? Interesting. Uh, My favorite villain is going to go to Cavill. Okay. Because he is so slimy Evil. I like just... he what he does to um Deanna, Xenolon, yes. yeah. when he boxes her up and he has that conversation with her, it's like, holy crap, <laughs> you're like the worst of the Cylons here. And the Cylons are pretty terrible, and you're so much worse than they are. Um yeah, I I just he creeped me out.
2: Okay. Pete, funniest moment.
1: Um okay, funniest moment hands down has got to go to uh let's see here uh Joey reacting to the <laughs> return of Starbucks. There was nothing else funnier in this entire season. Oh, come on. Um the the <laughs> that was pretty
2: good. <laughs> the, huh? the amount
1: of seething rage as you <laughs> slammed down your laptop lid cuz I knew it was going to be her. I like as soon
2: as she as soon as that thing showed up on apollo's greatest i was like son of a blank they're going to do this to me they're going to make it that starbuck was a cylon all along
1: it's just oh my gosh so enjoyable
2: uh for me i'm going to go with uh admiral adama and colonel ty i hear they're eating paper is that true (laughs) nope paper that
1: is so brilliant um, that is uh, another another very very funny scene.
2: Okay, uh, for top hated episodes, I'm going to go ahead and give number five is the Woman King. Although you mentioned that that actor did do a good job, it's just it's just such a generic kind of throwaway episode, a, a true filler episode, and I, I, especially at the point that it came in in the series, it just really kind of was a downer on the series for me.
1: I liked that episode. Because I felt like they they kind of did that, um, that whole oh I don't treat me medically. Yeah, like I said, I I actually felt like they treated it differently. I
2: prefer the Babylon Five episode Believers to One King.
1: You mentioned that, and And you said that it would have been better if they had gone down the more traditional line of doing that. Anyway, yeah. Okay. Uh, Number four is the Eye of Jupiter.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, mostly because I feel like there was a lot left unresolved in this episode. There was a lot of things that we could have done with the mythology that they gave us there, and it all just kind of seemed to go nowhere. It kind of petered out because there was the Nova and the the whole thing. I I felt like they realized they put themselves in a situation where they were going to have to reveal a bunch of mythology they hadn't figured out yet, and so like, oh, let's hurry and get them off the planet before we have to explain what any of this actually means.
3: Hmm. I
1: don't know. I felt like the the mythology of the Eye of Jupiter itself, um, I the, it didn't feel like it finished off with anything. I felt like they set it up more, but I don't think the resolution of it was really as good as what it could have been, maybe. Okay. It needed more exposition, a few more episodes to give it justice. Okay.
2: Uh, number three for me is taking a break from all your worries, or what I'm going to forever refer okay. to as the anti-marriage Extravaganza.
1: Right. <laughs> that,
2: was, that was horrible to watch, especially because I'm watching these with my wife. And, of course, every one of them turned into a conversation about our relationship. Yep. Yeah. Which, as much as I love my wife, I don't necessarily enjoy talking about relationships. It's just not what I consider a good evening spent at home. Right. Uh, number two is The Sun Also Rises. Huh? The, uh, the break between Bill and Lee is really painful to watch, and not in that like cathartic drama sense. It's just, it's just awkward and not fun. It wasn't enjoyable to watch. And my uh, my number one hated episode is Unfinished Business, or as I like to call it, TKO Galactica.
1: Yep, <laughs> it's not quite that level of bad though. <laughs> I just want to be clear: it's a bad episode. It's on my my list. It's not TKO They're, they're, bad, they're both though. bad,
2: and they both involve a lot of yep. martial arts. Yeah, so that's true. So I kind of felt that they
1: go together a little bit. Okay. Number four is going to go to taking a break from all your worries. Um, right there with you. Number three, the sun also rises. I thought it was really just bad. Uh, number two is unfinished business. It, I love the speech at the end. That is the only good thing that comes out of that episode. All of the rest was just terrible. Um, And my number one hated episode is going to go to Hero. Okay. Um, Just didn't care for that at all. Okay. Pete, your top favorite episodes. Um, This is... It was kind of tough. I, I well, it was tough picking five. <laughs> I ended up with six, but you know, no, you know, big deal. Um, number five is going to go to "Dirty Hands." Okay. Um, now no, I'm suddenly blanking on what "Dirty Hands" That's was. That's the Union Strike. Yes, the Union Strike, and I enjoyed probably so much the resolution that comes out of this, as Roslyn and. Um, Adama finally wake up, much like they did in The Woman King, and realized, oh, wait, right, it's not as black and white as we've been portraying it all along. We've made a terrible mistake. Like, the, the how things kind of shake out was really fulfilling for me. Number four is going to go to Exodus Part 2. Okay. Uh, where they get off of the planet And the absolutely amazing way in which they do it (laughs) is just still mind-boggling. How they thought that up, it was phenomenal. Uh, Number three is going to go to Rapture, which now I'm suddenly blanking on Rapture, if you remember. Um, Feel free to... Nope, chime in. Too late. Um... Oh, right. Yeah. Welcome home, Mr. President. That's where that's the fulfilling of all of the um, where they find the temple, right? Um, I really enjoy that because that's where Xenalon gets boxed up, yeah, and everything. Very fun to watch that. Number two, you are not going to agree with this. I'm going to say collaborators. I really enjoy this. Is the one where they the secret death squad going around killing everybody. And you know, they're judging uh, I, them.
2: I, I can it's okay. It's an alright episode.
1: Uh I thoroughly enjoyed that episode. I thought it was just as good as um the drum head from TNG wow. as yeah, I mentioned. I don't agree there. Um but the 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 ugliness that comes out of the secret squad sure. instead of doing it all out in the open, um, I, I enjoy. Number one is gonna go to Crossroads Part two uh because it is just so oh my gosh there you know we're all suddenly here we it's, it's all been revealed now <laughs> you know we we see earth we see the the Cylons dealing with it i i love the music that is you know trick uh, tri- uh, trickling along through the the episodes and then we get the resolution of it and we hear the you know whatever performer is there singing it and yeah. it is just I don't want to say it's a complete episode because there are better episodes, but it just it's so phenomenally amazing for me.
2: Okay. Uh for me, uh my number five is going to be Maelstrom. This okay. this actually would have been my number one episode of the season had they not brought Starbuck back as a Cylon. <laughs> I I loved this episode until the minute Starbucks showed back up on that screen, and it just it really devalued her death in my opinion. I really liked the way they they wrapped up that character. They gave us closure as an audience. I just loved so much about what they did with that episode. Really, yeah. I thought,
1: I thought you were like. Boy, what a waste to, to I didn't, I thought no, you I, said No, I made like some the...
2: sarcastic comments about, oh, this is her, her epic destiny is to <laughs> die in the maelstrom. But I thought that they gave us good closure on a character that I had initially liked. They had squandered as writers. And they're like, you know what? There's no way of saving this character at this point. We're going to give her a nice clean death. And they did that. And I was so happy. And then they, Blew it all away here in Crossroads part 2. I'll grant you it is the the best Starbucks episode <laughs> cuz he dies. Uh my number 4 is Rapture. Uh I agree with you that you know this it's nice that they bring so you know the, the the traditional story arc that we talk about, you know, where you have the uh the exposition and you have the rising action, climax, falling action and denouement. You don't really get that in TV because they always want to end a season on a rising action so that everybody is anxious to tune in for the next week. And so what you end up with is actually the climax coming, you know, you have the rising action through the, it starts at the end of the previous season and it goes up and then it climaxes about halfway through and then it kind of has some falling action and then it has to go back up to more rising action. So this is a really good, Encapsulation of the previous, the end of the previous season and the first half of this season. We get some, some really good closure. And, you know, you, you mentioned seeing uh, Xenolon get boxed. Uh, you know, just a lot of exciting things happen in that episode. Uh, number three for me is Dirty Hands. I, you know, the thing that I really liked the most about this episode was this, seeing this is how caste societies happen, this is how it happens. Mm-hmm. And the writers actually like t- taking that step back from human nature and saying, "Oh, hey, look, here's this pattern. It seemed so natural, so it just all made sense." Until you examine it from the outside, and then you go, "Wow, I am a really terrible person for letting this happen." <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and you know, I was right there with the with the crew and falling into that same behavioral pattern, and it did. It made me step out and go. Wow, I, I should have thought about that more. That's you know that's a really good point. Uh, Crossroads Part Two is number two for me mm-hmm. uh, because at least now we know who all of the Cylons are, <laughs> and we can just sit back and enjoy season four. There's no more anxiety to be worried about.
1: <laughs> no, I'm sure they're not going to introduce anything at all. No, nope. it's just going to be just, all peaches and roses. It's, it's, it's
2: just a race to Earth now. <laughs> as soon as I, I don't know how they're going to get out of this mess they're just, in. But. Let,
1: I just want to say. People are going to die. That's okay.
2: Just saying. It could be Lee. It could be Bill. It could be Rosalind. I'm fine. Okay. Uh, Anyway, uh, number one episode for me is Exodus Part 2. The bucket drop Mm -hmm. is just fantastic. Yeah. And then I I remember watching that and sitting back and being really impressed at the way they used dichotomy and juxtaposition in the writing, in the camera work, all over throughout that episode to kind of give this heightened sense of stress on the viewer. I thought they did an excellent job at that. True. Okay, Pete, your favorite overall moment.
1: You want me to go first?
2: Oh, I can go first. Is it my turn?
1: Yeah, it would oh, okay. it would technically be your turn. You right. But the only reason I say that is because I'm like torn between two moments. I'll go first and then we'll listen to mine (laughs) and then you pick one. So you're solid on your moment? Yes, I'm solid on mine. Okay. Yeah, great. Okay. That might really help me.
2: (laughs) It's probably (laughs) unfair because normally I have a whole week or the better part of a week to think about this and I didn't watch these two episodes. And so I'm coming fresh. You know, I literally two hours ago watched these episodes and and so they're very very fresh for me which might be tainting the perception a little bit okay but i'm gonna go ahead and give my favorite moment of the season to lee's testimony okay in the court in the case of of gaius baltar uh i don't want to i don't want to overburden it with flowery speech let's just go ahead and listen here to a little piece of that
5: i mean it was an impossible situation when the silence arrived what could he possibly do What, what could anyone have done i mean ask yourself what would you have done What would you have done? If he had refused to surrender, the Cylons would have probably nuked the planet right then and there. So did he appear to cooperate with the Cylons? Sure. So did hundreds of others. What's the difference between him and them? The president issued a blanket pardon. They were all forgiven. No questions asked. Colonel Ty. Colonel Taiyu's suicide bombers killed dozens of people, forgiven. Lieutenant Agathon and Chief Tyrrell, they murdered an officer on the Pegasus, forgiven. The admiral, the admiral instituted a military coup d'etat against the president, forgiven. And me? Well, where do I begin? I shot down a civilian passenger ship. The Olympic carrier. Over a thousand people on board, forgiven. I raised my weapon to a superior officer, committed an act of mutiny, forgiven. And then on the very day when Baltar surrendered to those Cylons, I as commander of Pegasus jumped away. I left everybody on that planet alone, undefended for months. I even tried to persuade the Admiral never to return, to abandon you all there for good. If I'd had my way, nobody would have made it off that planet. I'm the coward. I'm the traitor. I'm forgiven. I'd say we're very forgiving of mistakes. We make our own laws now, our own justice. And we've been pretty creative at finding ways to let people off the hook for everything from theft to murder. And we've had to be. Because, because we're not a civilization anymore. We are a gang and we're on the run and we have to fight to survive. We have to break rules, we have to bend laws, we have to improvise. But not this time, no. Not this time. Not for Gaius Baltar. No, you, you have to die. You have to die because, well, because we don't like you very much. Because you're arrogant. Because you're weak. Because you're a coward. And we, the mob, we want to throw you out the airlock because you didn't stand up to the Cylons and get yourself killed in the process. That's justice now. You should have been killed back on New Caprica. But since you had the temerity to live, we're going to
2: execute you now. That's justice. Uh, just powerful stuff. It it actually got me to reconsider my guilt in just saying, oh, you know what?
1: Yeah, I just hate the guy. Let's find him guilty. <laughs> Um, I disagree a bit with uh, with John, uh, and maybe this was Curtis as well. I he's got blood on his hands from original Caprica. I I agree with you in that okay. just because he didn't know what um, that number six was doing, yeah, he still. I mean that that's at a fundamentally very very high level. That's treason level, at, at any government. I you agree. Know. That that that's treason. But that
2: didn't come forward.
1: It didn't, and there's no way to truly appropriately bring it forward unless you have six get up there in court and say, (laughs) "Yeah, I was doing it. Baltar helped me do it." Yeah. Um. And you know, then it becomes a whole different story. Um, Well, and then
2: do you believe the Cylon? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um. Yeah the the speech that he gives is telling why does everybody else get forgiveness yeah. except this person and you know blessed be that rosalind and adama have gone out of their way to forgive as much as they have because they recognize you know what this can't be as as harsh as as what we may normally be in a society this is it now and and that forgiveness has to come in and and help to absolve people and allow you know what mistakes happen their better nature. Um, this is just yeah. a mis- mistake. That's what I think.
2: Okay, Pete. Did you, did that help you at no, all? No, not
1: a bit. <laughs> so let me just. I just say, uh, the the two of mine are. One is a visual. Okay. <laughs> which you might be able to guess which visual it is. Starbucks dying? No, not
3: Starbucks <laughs> dying. It's something way
1: cooler than that. Um, and the, the second is a visual we don't ever see.
2: Okay. So you have the bucket drop, but I don't know what the one is that we don't see.
1: Uh, the other one is where, uh, I think I'm going to give it to this visually, absolutely stunning what they did with that bucket drop. It is phenomenal. Yeah. agreed. Um, I think my favorite moment is going to go to, and I can't remember the episode. No, it was dirty hands. It was Dirty Hands. At the very end, um, Adama walks into Tyrell, who's in prison, and says, I've just had people pick up your wife. They're okay. holding her right now. And if you don't relent, I'm going to order them to shoot her in the head. Yeah. And it was completely serious. There was no equivocation there. He wasn't playing chicken at all. He was prepared to have Callie killed. And that is... Stone cold. Bold, bold, (laughs) ballsy, gutsy, whatever adjective you want to use there. He was prepared to do it. And he was absolutely right to do it because of the military situation that they were in. These are all military officers. You can't just say, nope, I'm not going to do this. You follow the chain of command. Um, I, it, it was just so powerful for me to, to see him do this with a character that I think we all pretty much universally like. I mean, she get Callie's kind of annoying uh, sometimes, <laughs> but still, like we, we like her. She's a, a decent enough character.
0: Okay, should we listen to that? Admiral, all I want is to sit down with the president. This is the admiral. Arrest Kelly Turrell. Take her under arm guard, directly to the starboard repair bay. Repair bay? What are you doing? I'm gonna put her up against the bulkhead, and I'm gonna shoot her as a mutineer. Are you out of your fracking mind? Kelly was just following my orders. She's a ringleader, so she goes first. Then the rest of your dead gang. figursky Celix, Pollux. we have a son understand me The very survival of this ship may depend on someone getting an order that they don't want to do and if they hesitate if they feel that orders are sometimes optional then this ship will perish and so will your son and the entire human race i don't want to do this chief but i will put 10 kelly's up against the wall to make sure that this ship and this fleet are not destroyed. Fine. I'll call it off.
1: Um. Okay. So I really, I, I had a good time with this, uh, this season. The next one I don't think is going to be as intense good because of, you know, yeah. the, who the final five are and whatnot. Uh, but you should still expect some some intense stuff to happen. So be prepared for that.
3: Okay.
2: Well, that brings us to the end of another podcast. We hope that you've been inspired to take a deeper look at your entertainment choices and discuss it with friends, family, or just a couple of complete strangers you only know from the internet. As always, we invite your comments to our email at trekwest5 at com. You can tweet Pete at trekwest5.com. Or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 801-508-4242. So until next time, I am
1: Joey. And I am Peter. And we thank you for listening.